We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That, so do that, do that, do, do that, 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 that. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Be Mitch in here dishing out the uh, the uncensored news. Be plenty more of that tonight at Bethesda Theater. Um, listen, we got to talk Dan Quinn. We got to talk Chip Kelly. We got a lot to talk about. I'm excited for tonight. I am. I think it's going to be fun. You know, I like people. This is other thing. I think a lot of people misread me, Jay. They don't know. I really like people. B is a out I like about you dude. until you piss me off. Then I don't like you. Sure. I yeah. think most people are like that. Yeah. Um, now, we did get the rundown from CK. So we know when we need to be there. Now we the, need to be there. I didn't see that. Well, I don't want to say it. Because I, I, walk, I walked in the house last night, and I was told, oh, we, we're going to eat crabs. I'm like, yeah. So, oh, you're not invited. Damn. So it was my wife, my daughter, and all of her, their friends with the crabs. I didn't get to eat that, so I turned into a brown knight. I bet you got to pay for them, though. Uh, I, no, they have to pay for themselves. I think I gotta look at. I gotta look deep down into the, yeah, the ticket account. Statement. But I turned yeah. it into a brown night, bro. I, I went Buffalo Trace heavy. What time did you, time did those eyes start falling? Oh, they didn't fall till about what twelve twelve thirty. Oh wow! You're and then late. I was up at six o'clock on the treadmill. I woke up early too, doing um, that thing. Uh, it's Groundhog Day, and for some, I think this coaching hire feels like it. But you you just hired a defensive. Head coach that had been in the NFC South, that's the crowning achievement was getting to a Super Bowl with an MVP quarterback. Um, you could say all the same things about Dan Quinn. I, I think it's a little lazy, though, to to make that assertion um, that Dan Quinn is is Ron Rivera 2.0. I think they're just they're different types of people. And I think one of the they're biggest... different types of people in different points of their career. That's what they are. And, and I can say the version of Ron we got is not the version that they saw down there in Carolina early in his uh, coaching stint. And the damn sure wasn't the guy I saw in Philadelphia as a linebacker coach. You know, and Ron, one of the biggest differences, even beyond the, the differences between the humans, right? Mm-hmm. One of the absolute biggest differences is Ron came here as the boss. Ron was in charge of everything. Yeah. That ain't the case with Dan Quinn. It is not. Dan is here to be a leader, to be a coach. Right now, he's got to fill out a staff. There's a lot of questions about how that's going to look. Um, but I, I think one thing that's important to point out is Ron, and I think it came to drive a lot of people crazy, Ron was stoic. I think that's the best way to describe Ron's on-field demeanor, a lot of times at practice. Sideline demeanor, you mean? Yeah, sideline demeanor. Um, what? And I think, I don't know, Landfill, what Landfill? Landfill's getting upset. He's talking in front of the microphone. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I said, people B, out there? B does what he wants, man. I, mean, I don't know what I, 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 I've been doing radio long. You've been in the radio, Landfill. As long as you hear my voice, it's all that matters. Um. <laughs> Ron Ron came in 
as this like CEO type kind of removed a little bit. And he even admitted that late. I mean, his last press conference in Ashburn where he said, yeah, I was, I was managing for three and a half years. Dan Quinn is not here to manage. Dan Quinn is here to coach. Yeah. I think that is a tremendous difference. And I think Dan Quinn, we don't know this, but when Dan Quinn has been a defensive coordinator, both in Seattle and in Dallas, it's gone very well defensively. When he's been a head coach, it's gone okay. It went okay. But the thing about it, like, people got to learn. This is what people do. When people want to knock somebody, they say you're just like this person that you felt that didn't do well. You can't sit here just because people had the same little path and think it's going to be exactly the same. The personalities of the coach is going to change. If the personality is different, the team is going to be different. And I think those two guys' personalities are different. Hell, uh, myself and Percy Butler grew up in Plaquemine, Louisiana. We both went to University of Southwest Louisiana. We both were drafted by Washington. Are we the same people? No. <laughs> went through the same stuff, though, right? Yeah. So but it doesn't mean you're going to be exactly the same. So let's just, I mean, I understand what's going on. And it, it's listen, it's hard to forget what you've seen. And we've seen a lot of past stuff. But I think it's also uh, it's, 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 it's a, a, definite, a need to give somebody a chance. You know what I mean? Because I, I have sat here, my and, and I tried. For some, I tried to give them a chance, and quickly I saw it ain't going nowhere. And then you got to go and say. But in this situation, I keep going back to they came out and they said Myers and Spielman was going to be the people that were going to be helping them. And everybody praised that. Then they got Peters. Everybody praised it. And then when they make their decision, everybody hates it. So, in other words, you don't. I don't. I don't think everybody hates it. Most people well, hating it. We had the poll yesterday. The hate it portion was only about 20%. You I made think. you made it to a way where they had to answer a little different thing. You say like or hate, I bet you it wouldn't be 50 50. I, I bet, like, if there's, I mean, I, I'll pull it up. It was, um, yeah, I, meh. I think, I think a lot of people <laughs> aren't excited, but don't hate it. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, well, give me like it or don't. And I guarantee you, we'll see where that goes. But I'm saying. Hell, like it or don't, <laughs> Jeff. You like the hire or you don't. Binary. Like it. Think Jeff's going to like everything. I, I wonder what he would have said yesterday. Landini, <laughs> like it or don't? I I guess like it. Yeah, you said binary. I mean, it, it, we can't play in the middle see, if it's a yes or no. I'm saying. When you give people an out, they can, they can, they can manipulate little things. But I, you go like or don't. And I, I, it's, but it's a. When I this is a difference, okay? People that call in sometimes are a little better than the people that post. I've sure. always I always felt this about media. People that see you on TV, they don't normally say the craziest stuff because they think you can see them just cuz they see you. When they're on radio, they're a little bit more open. When they get on anything they can text you, tweet you, email you, they are vicious. And especially in this social media world, when you don't know who they are, then they are really vicious. So I was paying attention to that. I went to a lot of these little threads and stuff like that, and that's where I was getting most of them. But on the radio, you you got a few people, but I can't say that that's the voice of everybody either. Um, yeah, I I'll be honest, B. If it's straight up like it or don't, I'm not sure I want to answer the question. Uh-huh, <laughs> <see>? <laughs> but, but that's the thing about it. Like, I do. If I give somebody wiggle room, a lot of people who 
people know publicly, people you can see them, they know they are going to give you a political answer. On social media, like it or don't, they're going to give you the real answer. Sure. And I, I, that's when you find out. But, like, we, we, I think we are as straightforward as we should be. Because, you know, you can't just get on the air and just destroy everybody. Right. But the whole thing about it is you want to be as truthful as you can to a certain extent because you have to work with people in certain situations. And that's the difference between us and a lot of people sometimes. Sure. And, and this is not like knocking on people. If if you have at work, <laughs> if somebody asks you, do you like your boss? If you know that your boss ain't going to hear it, you answer it honestly. If you think that person has any chance of the, of the boss finding out about it, you're going to answer that thing politically. Sure. So it's the same thing that goes on in every other aspect. One of the things that I think really impacts how people are reacting to Quinn is how much they've heard about Ben Johnson. And I think we yeah. need and, – and if you want to say I'm culpable in that, cool. You're right. I think – here's what I really think. I think Ben Johnson was the front runner. I don't think it went so well with Ben Johnson. Mike Garofolo was on Seattle radio yesterday afternoon, maybe this morning, and talked about Ben Johnson interviewing with the commanders. Yeah. What happened with Johnson? He was such a hot name. What happened in that process, do you think? I <clears throat> uh, don't think he interviewed particularly well. Um, and I, I listen, I've, I've heard some rumblings before. <laughs> All right, let's back up. So, Johnson withdrew, and he withdrew as Washington was flying to go see him, which did not go over well at all uh, with the Washington uh, organization at all. Um, but I believe he withdrew from two coaching, circuit, coaching searches that he wouldn't have gotten the job anyway. So um, that's the old, you're not fired, and, you know, I'm, I quit. Or I'm not fired, I quit. One of those deals. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he really bowled people over in the interview process at all. Um, and I've heard that his personality is, you know, he's very smart, very bright, great play caller. Uh, but I've heard that his personality is kind of, um, I don't know, not the most gregarious guy, not not a Mike McDonald type guy or even a Dan Quinn type guy. Uh, so I think that came across in the interview process. I, I, my belief, my belief is that he came into this, Adam Peters had Ben Johnson uh, as his guy. And Adam Peters was not the only one making the decision there in Washington, which is not to say that he's undermined, uh, but Rick Spielman was involved. Josh Harris, obviously the owner of the organization, Bob Myers involved as well. So it was four people who came to a collective decision and it was not going to be Ben Johnson. Mm. Mike Garofolo, NFL network, one of the most plugged in dudes yes, around. I, I kind of heard this during the week. Um, I, I, I didn't hear it firsthand. I couldn't report it. Mike's clearly hearing it firsthand. Um, the word I had heard, and, and this is not a knock, all right? I'm not, we're not trying to drag Ben Johnson because he didn't land here, right? Mm-hmm. But people were so caught up that that has to be the guy. He is, he is now told Carolina no, Seattle no, Washington no. Maybe he knows he's an OC, and that's okay. Yep, it could be. And, but, and, and let's, let's be real now. We've seen a lot of guys who have gone – and thought they were going to get, and they didn't because they did not do a good job in the interview process. Right. 
You've also seen guys we didn't think were going to get a job but end up getting the job because they were so good. Sean, when McVay <laughs> interviewed in L.A., he was too early, but it was good experience to get an interview, except he killed it and got he the job. He killed it and got it. Uh, Tomlin killed it and got it. Right. The ultimate thing is this. He backed out. And I think what we have to understand, and this is not knocking fans in this town. This is saying, open your eyes sometimes. He didn't knock, he didn't say no to just this team. He told Seattle no too. He withdrew from them. So he went through from two teams. So it is not nothing bad that your team did. Maybe, just maybe, the fact that he did it two years in a row, he did it to one team last year and two teams this year, maybe he understands at this point that I am not ready for this thing yet to lead it all by myself. Or maybe people are like, yo, I'm not, maybe the other side is, I'm not sure this dude is ready. And, And if you have an interview that doesn't go great, and then you talk to Dan Quinn, who's going to wow you in an interview, yeah. you could kind of see that transition. And one thing that Garofalo stated that I wished, and I'm, I'm, I know what people are going to try to say, oh, man, they already – no, 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 let's think about it. You, If I come in, I'm your GM, and I say, JP's my guy. I am already a little biased by saying you're my guy because I, I know you. Right. I've heard some things. Landfield's the owner. Jeff is the – is his assist? Is his next the next owner in charge? They're in the meeting with me. Also, I got Drab and Valdez over here, so I got them. That, that's Myers and uh, Spillman. As they start talking, I'm this is my guy. I'm happy. You start talking, and I'm looking at their faces, and their faces are going like, "What the hell?" You now know this is not the guy for them. They pay me too, so I'm like, "Let's go to a vote." And I might get one of y'all, so Valdez go with me. The other three say no. What you going to do? You got to say now that, okay, let's interview somebody else. Then you interview the next guy, and even you like the other guy. (laughs) I like the other guy, and the other guys like him too. You make a decision, the overall decision for the franchise. And I think that's what they did. It wasn't that one guy said, well, I, I own this thing, do this. They made a decision for the franchise, but they didn't even have to make the decision. You know why? Because the dude you were trying to talk to refused to talk to you and another team because he probably wasn't ready. So I just want people to understand this is no knock on the people in charge right now. This is a knock on him. But if I am at a team, I'll tell people this. I was in Washington for 10 years. And more because I loved it and I was comfortable and I thought I was still doing good. Then I was forced out. I would have never probably left because I was comfortable and happy and was still producing. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Because most people don't leave stuff that they're good at and they're comfortable with because you feel like I don't want to see what's the new stuff out there. That's why a lot of us get held back. Ben probably, if he wants to really promote his, his career, he probably should have taken the job last year, this year. And everybody go, well, well, they want to go to where and, and uh, not have success. It's not a guarantee you're going to have success if you have a perfect damn team. You know what I mean? We've seen many teams that were absolutely loaded not get to where they're supposed to get to because none of this stuff is guaranteed. But if you never have that experience, 
you never have a desire and a drive to go out there and try something else. It's well said, me. I, you know, <clears throat> I think there is there is some reality to this Dan Quinn situation that he wasn't the first choice, and maybe Ben Johnson just kind of blew it, wanted too much money, decided he's staying in Detroit, whatever. Um, I, I I think we all kind of know they tried for McDonald, and then Seattle up their offer, and it kind of just got away from them. At some point, though, now. You ever have a relative that is dating somebody that you're not wild about? And yeah, I tell them right up front. Right, but eventually, if they don't listen and they it's on them, they they get married. Okay, like you just gotta. This is who's around now. Yeah, this that's where we're at. Like Dan <laughs> Quinn is the guy now, so you can try to. You can. I mean, it's not necessarily exciting. But it doesn't mean he's going to do a bad job. Yeah. And there I, are I reasons to believe he'll do a good job. And, and, and like, the, those who have uh, doubts, listen to me. I am okay with the move. But you know what my, my whole opinion is and my mindset is? Take the wait-and-see approach. Let's see what goes on. Like, I don't like to sit here and have to discuss or argue about the exact same thing over and over again. So if I argue about it before it happens, and then I argue about it the next week about it, then I argue four weeks from now, then I argue before the season starts, then when it starts up, what if he goes out there and blow it away? <laughs> you know what I mean? Then now I got to argue with other people about, oh, man, why didn't you really tell us? We, we, we wouldn't Because people, when they decide to go against something, they don't blame themselves later on when, they, when, they, when they're proven wrong. They blame you for not really making them believe in something. Here's you notice that? I, sure. <laughs> I know what I believe in. I know who is the guy. His name is Paul Henry, and he installs windows all over the DMV. I've worked with Paul Henry for years now. He's been to my house. His son's been to my house. I know I know the people in his office. It's a family-owned company that does great work for your family. They'll take care of you like they took care of me, like they took care of B. Mitch. And if you call them right now, you get 100 bucks off each window with a five-window minimum and up to $500 off doors. You know, JP talks a lot about Paul and uh, and I and him being friends and things of that nature. Paul hit me last night. He said, man, I'm sitting here with my daughter talking about you and uh, your role with the Redskins. He said, she's like, really? You know a guy who holds that many NFL records? Well, I want to tell her, your dad is the guy who goes and installs all these great windows in people's houses, saves them all types of money, make their house look good, make their uh, utility bills go down. You have a guy, your dad is a star. Paul goes in and he does a great job. He doesn't sit up there and charge you all this extra money and things of that nature. The guy also is very, very philanthropic. There you go, philanthropic. <laughs> Had to get the philanthropic. Had to get that right. But, you know, Paul does a lot of stuff for the community. And But the thing about it, what he does, his first job, putting windows in your house, he's the top at that. And I always have that first job mentality. So when you do that, you have a right to do anything else you want. If you want to go out there now and get some windows in your house, reach out to Paul and you can receive $100 off each window with the five-window minimum and up to $500 off each door. Contact Paul Henry's Window Installation today and tell him B. Mitch and Finley's entry. PaulHenry'sWindows.com.
Your clear home improvement choice. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, we're literally going back to Ohio. Uh, we're going to run this back. We had John Kime join the program yesterday just as the news broke that Dan Quinn was the new commander's coach. I texted Johnny last night. Sorry, that was obviously chaotic. And he said, no problem, I'll come back today. Hello, John, how do you do? What up, guys? Well, like I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, that was a wild one. And just to take you behind the curtain, it was perfect because you were given a good long answer to whatever the question was as we were just scrambling here because we had to get the breaking news sounder and all these things to to happen. Um, John Kime, Commanders, ESPN, Insider. You could listen and watch the John Kime report. Uh, John, what do you think of the hire? I mean, it's a good, solid hire. And now to me, the whole thing though, comes down to who do you, who, who are, who does he hire for his staff and who is the quarterback? So like, this is a good start, but then you have to build out your staff and that's going to be the key. And I think that would be the key for anybody. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's funny because I mean, I've talked to a lot of people throughout this and you know, people that I know who know the league, who either worked with him or coached against him or whatever. And I don't know what they're going to say before I text or call them. And it's been pretty strong across the board that they're like, I just texted someone who's been in the NFL a while and, you know, just, hey, what'd you think of the move? And it was, came back, excellent hire, but excellent in all caps. So like, there's a lot of people who like this. Now, having said that, it still comes down to the staff because a part of the downfall in Atlanta was the staffing in the end. And so you've got to do a good job surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. I, I think when you, what happens is a lot of people have said a lot about a lot of people that they were interviewing. And right. Dan Quinn, just like you were saying, gets a lot of praise. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it, though. Say, no, this this is don't. the thing. We still hear Ron has all this great stuff, great connections around the league. Dan Quinn seems to have all these great connections, too, but for some reason, no one is listening to it. Well, and I think, you know, I, I think in the years I've done this, I mean, he, Quinn has received more than most people that I've inquired about, right? And so I think there's a difference, but I would still say it's still going to come down to, like, who's your OC? Yeah. You know, who, who's your – who's – who, what quarterback do, you, do they pick, and do they? How do they develop them? Because if you don't do either one of those well, if you don't get the right guy, then you're not going to have success. And so, but like you know, I think there was also with the other ones, 
I was intrigued by a number of those coaches, just like everybody else, because you don't know. There's a mystery to it, and with mystery, I think, comes the excitement of the unknown. Mm -hmm. This coach could be this. He also could have been that, because throughout this process, and even with Dan Quinn, like, I say all this stuff. Well, it's not like he was going seven, you know, fifteen and one every year. So what what held him back? And because everybody's got a flaw, yeah. and um, but with the with the unknowns, you don't know what those flaws might mean in their in their tenure. And but I would say, like what someone else told me last night, they're like, all these other people were good coordinators. They hired a head coach. In other words, like they hired someone they've who's been in that role doesn't mean he'll be I don't know if he's going to be better than Mike McDonald in Seattle um, but I know um, you know so I don't it's just it's so hard to tell and I mean you know how this goes like again who's the quarterback who's your OC and who who do you surround yourself with because one of the things I think that was a downfall here was that on the last several right it wasn't you know I think you want to get some innovation on that staff and um, you know build a little bit more um, with that and and I think that being in sync with the front office is massive because we haven't seen that here enough over the years. Do you think, like, I mean, the assumption that the offensive coordinator who gets the head coaching job, oh, the quarterback's going to just be great because of that. Well, you've been around football, love. JP, yourself, how often is the, really, the head coach really there sitting there taking the quarterback through everything? Very rare. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when Jay Gruden was hired, Jay wanted to do – be the head coach, the OC, and the quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. It got to a point, and I remember talking to him during, the, during his first year. He's like, I can't do all this. It's just too much for one person. So you're not sitting there with the quarterback. Now, some, some, some head coaches might work more with that, but you're going to have to bounce around. You're the head coach, not the quarterback's coach. You're going to have to have somebody working with them. Where I think where the difference is, you're at least if that head coach has a system, and then you're going to hire people in that system. But you're not necessarily working directly with the quarterback all the time. And I've been here a number of years, and they've hired a lot of offensive coaches. And this team has had bad offenses for decades with occasional blips. And it's, there's more reasons to it than just, oh, it's an offensive guy. The organization wasn't good. They didn't get the right quarterback. A lot of reasons. But it wasn't a guarantee for success. I think what you need is a good head coach and, if you, and, and you know, a good front office. And we haven't seen that combo here in too long. I, you know, we, totally. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a safe hire. He wasn't their yeah. first choice. Like, these are facts. But it doesn't mean it's bad. Does that make sense? Right. It's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, like a lot of things can be true. I I do wonder, John, and I don't know how you can prepare for this, right? But I, I do wonder, if you go back and look at the Atlanta years, after Kyle left, things kind of went downhill. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, sometimes it's going to happen because it looks like Kyle Shanahan might be a great coach on his own right. But I wonder how, if, maybe it's more of an if, you can prepare for that because if it does go well, I, the people that are just assuming it's going to go well and they're going to lose all this offensive coaching talent, I man, it hasn't gone well here in thirty years. You really, Listen, you really sure that's going to lose it? They should hope they lose the talent because it would be that they were really right. good. And good organizations can sustain that. 
is is, is there a way to build a staff so that you could sustain good coaches being poached? Coach poached. Well, I think I think there is because I, we've seen other organizations do it because they have had you know Mike Tomlin. Now they had a great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, but that team is always good under that guy, right? I mean, he's you know so they've been able to do it. Harbaugh, um, you know, they've been able to do it. You know, he's not an offensive head coach. I mean, there are you know D'Amico Ryan is going to be in that position, but they have the right quarterback. And um, we don't know how good Bobby Slowick really is. He's had one year as a, as a play caller. And in San Francisco, he wasn't working directly with Brock Purdy, you know. So we don't know. But what you do is, you know, I think for the, like, for example, in Houston, you have to have a quarterback's coach who you feel after a couple of years can elevate to that role. And you go back to San Francisco and they had, you know, people talk about that staff in Washington. It was the same damn staff there. And right, they were. So you had you had three and thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It was bad, but the, like you had Matt Lafleur there, <laughs> and they passed over Lafleur to bring in um, Sarkeesian. Now maybe you could have gone with Lafleur. Was he ready at the time? I don't know, but you could have gone that way, and that's the way you kind of you know. Then you keep the same system. The problem in Atlanta, they changed the systems a few times, and then you get to a point where. I think it was like Dirk Cutter is more of a who was his last coordinator there was a pass happy coach and that and I think you know I was talking to somebody last night who was like whoever comes in he goes I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to have someone who's more of a run you know more emphasis on the run game and then we hear Chip Kelly's name and you know I know that you know, that's <laughs> a little bit more running out, out in UCLA but still like that's not you know what I would have thought but you know if they but that's what they were expecting because of how it ended in Atlanta because they did change. So you have to get, first of all, you have to get the right quarterback and Matt Ryan's very good. They had Julio Jones for God's sake. But um, I also think, I also think part of the downfall in Atlanta as much as that was the defense. And you look at their defensive stats and they, after the the defensive staff that you, when you talk about staff that you're worried about, because they were loaded on that offensive staff. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you have to hire very well. And so, I, you know, I think the other part in Atlanta, there was two things. And I had um, one of the Falcons reporters, D. Orlando Ledbetter, who's covered the team for a long time. And I talked to him about the Atlanta Times. He said part of the big reason for the downfall were injuries, um, but then also that Quinn had a little bit more say in the personnel, a lot more say in the personnel, <laughs> and felt like, you know, not having it here was probably a better thing for him. Okay. So, you know, at the time, he was coming off two unbelievable defenses in Seattle, so you could command a little bit more power. Well, that's not the spot he's in now. So I think that's probably a good thing as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think he's going, I don't know that he's going to be calling the defenses, so you better have somebody very good. Um, being able to do it, so yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how this unfolds. Uh, what I keep saying is like, listen, I, I get that this might not have been the first choice, but it doesn't matter now because he's the choice. Right. He's here. Um, who do you? What do you make of this Chip Kelly stuff? <clears throat> I mean, I like <laughs> <you> just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, tell us what you mean without telling us what you mean. <laughs> There's there's a definite possibility that they will that they will at least talk to him, right? It was it was I was surprised to see that, and it's funny because I 
talked to someone earlier in the day who kind of shot, who didn't think that was going to be the case. But then later on, I know, like, I do believe there's a possibility of them at least, of at least talking to them. And so, you know, that, that was not what I was expecting. Um, but, you know, we'll see. And the, the one thing I'll say too, with Chip Kelly, the one thing that obviously there's, you know, he's developed a system. He's never been a coordinator in the NFL. He has run his offenses in the NFL. And the one thing I always felt like at Philly, it seemed like in the end, there was a value of scheme over talent and talent plus scheme. I will think is the way to go. You know, I think there were, you know, getting rid of Sean Mack and all those in, you know, um, yeah. You know, I mean, they're just LaShawn McCoy. So I just felt like that was a something that didn't, you know, it, the scheme became easier to defend when you took away that talent. Um, so, but I think like we're talking eight years ago. Um, and then I would wonder too, JP, though, if that's the way they go, what does that signal for the quarterbacks they might look at it in the draft? Mm. That's the other part that's to me that I would look at because he had Dorian Thompson Robinson and at UCLA, is that something, is this a system that would fit somebody like Jaden Daniels really yeah. well? I don't know. I so get like that. that's where I, that's where I jump to as well. And then here's the other part for, for the people who'd be worried about losing the coordinator to a head coaching job. I don't think you're going to have that worry with this because I don't think that Chip Kelly's going to get a third chance as a head coach. So he would at least be not here in the for NFL. a while if it works, I, right, I mean, not in the other, but if he's also leaving UCLA, like, are you really? Are you going to go back to college? And you know, some college coaches like they may just want to be in the NFL and just focus on coaching. So I'm. I would be. Isn't this? You know, the- I, I would have. I would have questions about it, but you know, I think like I, for me, like I like to. I try to keep an open mind on any sort of situation because there's going to be positives, negatives to everything. And um, you know, to, if they had hired Ben Johnson, I would have said like, okay, he's really good here. I love his play calling. Love this but I have questions here. Same with McDonald's, same with Quinn, same with all these guys. Um, so I think, you know, I would go, that's, that's why, you know, going back to your original point about the hire, I think, you know, had Ben Johnson stayed in, is he the guy? Maybe could you, could you, could you jump to probably, I don't know. But what I know is in the beginning, the feeling wasn't that there was this one runaway candidate like there was with GM and Adam Peters. Yeah. So I, I don't. So that's why I don't think it was a case of oh my gosh, this guy is staying put. Now what? Well now what happens? I think it was okay. He's going to stay there. Now now here's the next. Um, but you know, t- like time tells. I mean, I you know, like we'll find out in in September through December and January exactly whether this was a good hire or not. Totally. And I mean, I've been here long enough to know like there've been a lot of off seasons where people were throwing confetti in the air in March. And it's like in, in, in September, they're tearing their tickets up. So, right. you know, like we'll see. John, thank you for the time, man. Glad we didn't get interrupted this time. There you go. Thanks guys. All right. That's our buddy, John Kime. Give him a follow at John Kime and the John Kime report on YouTube. We come back giving away some Terps tickets. Brian Mitchell here. And I always demand excellence whether I'm on the field or off the field. And if your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for my friends over at Roos. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rood equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rood 18-seer inverter heat pumps powering my home, 
and it's a total game changer. I'm telling you, you can do so many things with this HVAC system. You can lower. You can raise the, the humidity how you want it. If it gets too dry, you can put, put a little bit more, more moisture in the house. Make it feel how you want it to feel. Head to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com. And see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude. Because if it ain't Rude, it ain't right. Long lyric there. What's in his pants? Uh, Bees, if you're listening, I would like you to call in maybe 145 and give us odds of all the station workers who's going to be the druggest tonight. I have a wild card. I kind of think it's Landfill, but he won't be with us. Um, I think Stallion is a is a hot candidate. Um, the answer to that question is Matt Essig. Matt Essig. Yeah, he gets hammered. Yes. Huh? Would you have guessed Matt Essig be? Yeah. I've seen him out of control already. At the he was dancing up a storm at the Christmas he, he, party, he, right? He you saw him two years ago, last year one. I was like this dude right here got something wrong with him. All right. Yeah, I think I think he's a, he, he, I'm not I was going to say something. I'll say that to you. I'll tell you all that in the, the break. The challenge has been thrown down, Stallion. You got to get drunker than Essig. People can hear me. B caller number 10 right now to 800-636-1067. You can win two tickets to University of Maryland basketball. The DMV is home to Maryland basketball and the Terps need you in College Park this year. Secure your seat to catch the Terps in action before it's too late. Game is March 3rd against Indiana. The hell with those Hoosiers. Get there in College Park. Make it fun. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. You know what they have at Terps basketball games? Um, They probably have sodas. Beer. Oh. Burr. You know what else they have? They got them at the Raging Cages, too. Hot dogs? Yes. Hamburgers? Probably. Not Yeah, nachos. Yes. Popcorn? Yes. Seats? Yes. Basketball players? Yes. Basketball shoes? Yes. Referees? Yes. Mixed Basketballs? Drinks. Yes. Yes, in certain areas. Uh, Broadcasters? Like yes. Trainers? Yes. Probably an ambulance. Can't confirm or deny, but yeah, probably. Yeah, they should. A mascot? Yeah, Testudo's walking around. Students? <laughs> yes. You still haven't got to where I was going. Water? Yes. Gatorade? Probably. Powerade? I don't know. That's all I got. Crab pretzels. Oh. That's right. Crab pretzels. Okay. When we come back, we're breaking down the best candidates for the commander's offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Let's get it. Shot, 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 shots. I have a series of important announcements. I believe, Landfill, and you'd have to look it up, this is the first time ever that Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday coincides with Groundhog Day. Some sort of record. Alert the media. I think that's correct. Um, so I think that means instead of one Scotty's, you should get two for Groundhog Day. Uh, why stop at two? Make it four. Yeah, if you watch the movie, it didn't stop at two. Yeah. If you if you see your shadow, six more weeks of Scotty's. If you don't see your shadow, whole damn year of Scotty's. That's how it works. Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday, powered by Scotty's Vodka, Maryland made, amazingly smooth, and loved throughout the DMV. Now, the coinciding of Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday and Groundhog Day is not the only announcement. What Got another one. What is that? Sold out. Tonight's event, 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 at Bethesda Theater is sold out. 
So if you try and get tickets, you're out. Although, you know what would be ridiculous <laughs> and kind of amazing? Landville, check StubHub. See if people are scalping these joints. <laughs> <laughs> um, they gonna, might be knowing some folks out there. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, this is a wild one. You ready for this, B? What's up? Resh Manuel, who's does wild internet research. Good dude. I follow him on Twitter, at Resh Manuel. Tweeted last night, let's talk about Forrest of Evashevsky. Forrest Evashevsky. You familiar with that name? No. Had he not turned down the Packers head coaching job, the NFL may have never gotten Vince Lombardi. Hmm. Sometimes first guy ain't the right guy. Okay, but how – I just had to ask the question. You're comparing Quinn to Vince Lombardi? No. Okay. I, no. Uh, but apparently, Forrest Evashevsky, who they called Evie back then, turned down a record offer from the Packers. Okay. And then they got Lombardi. So, all right. But I, I like I like where he's, where he's going with it. It's just like it makes you ask other questions. <laughs> but, hey – I'm waiting to see. I'm I'm going to support it and see where it goes. Correct. Um, another announcement. I I, uh, I had an interesting conversation. It's been a busy day. Um, but uh, I I spoke with some Capitol Hill type people over l- last night and today. Um, I had folks tell me the the bill that contains getting RFK Stadium away from the feds and into city control is about 90% where it needs to be going to happen. And apparently it's headed for markup next week. Mm. Now I don't really speak legislation, but that's a good step. Mm -hmm. So the folks I spoke with said 90% chance the RFK stadium bill gets through the house. Then it's got to get through the Senate, right? We all remember uh, schoolhouse rock. Got to get through the Senate. 70% chance it gets through the Senate. I like, it, I like those chances. If it clears, everybody believes it. Biden passes it. Now, let's be real. If they get the RFK bill passed is a huge step. That ain't the final step. Yeah. I think what it does is it allows D.C. to compete with Maryland and Virginia and the kind of packages they're trying to offer mm-hmm. to get a new stadium. I think bill. if it get passed, then you can automatically just- Snap, Virginia. I mean, D.C. Let's hope. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> I think we would have thought that until last month or whenever when Caps and Wiz might be moving to Alexandria. That's why I think it'd go to D.C. even more. Yeah, that's true. they'll have more stuff to throw at it. Sure. Either way, it's good news. Um, honestly, I bet and there's it'll, like— it'll, it'll really, really make that that move be a, like a softer— Landing. Um, I agree with that. Um, there's probably more information about that, especially now that it's going to markup. Whatever markup means, landfill, is a big deal, and folks are excited about it. Um, Jeff, can you explain to me markup? A bill is going to markup in a subcommittee in the United States House of Representatives. Um, I, I guess it's uh, getting reviewed. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like we're gonna have little different things to like pull out, put in, but try to make it to where it gets through. Mm. All right. Something like that. That's markup.
Um, markup in uh, coaching is getting a job, getting paid. Brian, who is your ideal offensive coordinator for this organization? Now that you've got a defensive coordinator coaching them. Uh, I don't necessarily have an ideal one, but I can tell you what I want. I want somebody to be more, I want an innovative person who will be able to do what the league does now. And I know we all don't like it, but I still want them to be able to stick to the run. What do you make? If we are not down by 25. What do you make? <laughs> well, they sh- Dan Quinn should have stuck to the run when he was up 25. Um, what do you make of Chip Kelly stuff? I just think the way that it ended in Philly and how, and because you know I'm close with Philly, that it it doesn't that doesn't look ideal to me. I think they went two and fourteen when he was coaching look, in San Fran. It, it doesn't look ideal to me, but he's not going to be in charge, which is a, a big plus. Yeah, and you know everybody remembers. I'd say like the Oregon offenses, and then early on he in was the a Philly. bad man in Oregon. Yeah, dude, but. Well, yeah, I've, I've watched some UCLA. They they're a run first team now, which is pretty interesting to watch. Um, I am inclined for them to go to the Shanahan tree. Frankly, um, I I don't know that any of this will work. There there is Kai mentioned this earlier. There is an interesting angle with Chip Kelly that if one of the great concerns of many is that everything's going to go so well and they'll lose all their coaches, right? Mm-hmm. That ain't going to happen with Chip. It would have to go really well for a sustained period of time. Yeah, but I, I, we, we got to realize one thing. I mean, we can't say it ain't ever going to happen. Sure. We watch too many times where we say, oh, this person is done. That'll never happen and it happens. This league is so – this league is always jumping on bandwagons. Yeah. Chip come around this thing and put some numbers up. Two years, somebody going to want to say, let's give him another chance. He might have learned. And you know what? True. I think that's a great a great, me, that's about, a great problem to have. Yo, right. I think the assumption that that problem will exist is far-fetched for an organization with such little success over such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But um, how about this? If they hire Brian Greasy from the Niners mm-hmm. and he comes here and there is success, I think Brian Greasy gets Poach quick. Yeah. I think if they hire Chip and he comes here and there is success, it's going to take longer. I think they hire anybody and they come here and they have great success. All of a sudden, they're going to be they gone. I because so let's think about it. People are still looking at this team based off of what it was prior to the Harris Group taking over. If they come and have this extreme success right now, no people are going to come in and say, "Oh man, he's good." I think if Washington has great success early. Anybody that's doing something on either side of the ball, they'll be trying to take them. Um, I think you're probably right. I think uh, I got some names, right? So it's easy to look at the Niners roster. You look at Greasy. You look at uh, Kubiak. There's a pair of Kubiaks, depending which Kubiak you're interested in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't ignore... Brian Flurry, the tight ends coach there, who was really well respected and grew up here, won a state title at Seneca Valley. Um, you know, your boy Hank Fraley, that when we thought it was going to be Ben Johnson here, 
They thought he would bring Hank. Mm-hmm. I think Hank went to Gaithersburg High School. Bringing somebody home is irrelevant. I'm just saying these are interesting names. But I have two other ones. I talked about Mike LaFleur yesterday, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mike LaFleur, not Matt. Matt is the coach of the Packers. Mike LaFleur was on the Falcons staff when all these guys were on the Falcons staff when Dan Quinn was head coach. Mike LaFleur got booted by the Jets so they could hire Nathaniel Hackett. Congratulations. Um, he went back. Hack job. He went, you know, hack job is a good name for him. Um, he went back to McVay, and he's the OC for the Rams. But when you're the OC for the Rams, you're not calling plays. Mm-hmm. So you might want a different job. That's what Matt LaFleur had to do. He went to Tennessee so he could call the plays, and then he got the Green Bay job. So mm-hmm. maybe Mike wants to get to a spot where he gets to run his own room. Um, another name that I find interesting was a name I thought they might consider for head coach is Frank Smith, who is the Dolphins offense coordinator. Obviously, that Dolphins scheme is pretty exciting, fun to watch. Um, If you think about Frank, he is the offensive coordinator down there in Miami, but Mike calls the plays. Mm -hmm. So maybe he'd be interested in that type of role. Now, a lot of people ask me this question, and I uh, understandably, they're like, well, Woody, can he move for a lateral assignment? If the, somebody let him go. Right. The teams have to ask. Like, Washington would have to ask. But Miami can say yes. And a lot of times in these types of situations, they would. And they if, say yes, but they can ask for something, too. Or Washington can, can make him. I was going to assistant head coach. Yeah. Like, there's way. You can make all this work. But the whole thing, and I ask this question, okay? Does it have to be somebody from that tree? Can it be somebody else who steps in and may be as good? Who? What tree is Ben Johnson coming from? Uh, kind of the Campbell tree, I suppose. So he he didn't really nobody knew he was until Campbell gave him a chance, right? Yeah. Why, what what's wrong with that? I mean, I understand. I'm not against that. Everybody that coached on the car is not going to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and because some of these guys get chances and they they had great opportunities, they have a good thing. What if we get one that's not good? Sure, I I like the system. I think there is. I think that system tends to work. So I'd be happy if somebody implemented that system. But eventually, everybody running the, the same stuff. The system Kyle runs is not the system that Sean runs. Sure. And the well, system that Mike McDaniel runs. They're well, all different. Yeah, well, and, and you've got to, to me, you've got to build around what you've got. Yeah. Well, yeah. But and like you got Mike McDonald you... has built something different, I totally. would say, because he's got, he got a, a track he, team. He has a cheetah. Right. Um, on cheat code. <laughs> Jeffrey, you got a dog in the fight. Is there a coordinator you want, don't want? You want the shanty tree? I just want someone that's going to come here and perform well. I'm I'm not too stuck on names because it seems like when we get stuck on these names, we start to build expectations. And then when they don't come here, we just feel a type of way. So I'm, I'm just wanting someone that's going to come in and be successful. I don't care who it is. At this see, point. see that, and I'm kind of at that point because when we get somebody from the Shanahan tree or the Andy Reid tree or whatever, 
we automatically assume that's what they're going to be. And we, I think we expect everything to happen much quicker. And that means it's even more pressure. Sometimes we just got to get a guy who's real good and let it go. Because our expectations is what's going to put the pressure on them. Because everybody's going to tell you, oh, we got to get everything in place and work on it. I don't think if we come in with somebody from that tree, you're going to be willing to give them some time. I just got a text from somebody that's listening to the program, and if you know who you are, thanks for listening. Um, This dude's involved in college football. Um, Says Gerard Johnson, Texans quarterback coach. Heard that name. Well, I think they just paid him. I think they just gave him some money probably to prevent somebody from going to get him. Um, But if you're about to draft a young quarterback, I mean – C.J. Stroud had the most successful season of a young quarterback since of a rookie. Mm-hmm. Just a long time ago. Andrew Luck, maybe? I watched him a little Robert? bit. I watched him uh, I feel last like I'm somebody, but. Doing some of that Pro Bowl stuff. It's Who, no, Stroud? It, it is no longer football. Yo, what? <laughs> I, I didn't watch any of it last night. What was that? They, man, they, they're throwing at, like, moving dummies and little circles and. They're playing dodgeball. Listen, man, I saw some things where the dude could blow out his knee playing that damn dodgeball. You know? Yeah. It, it, it was it was strange. I saw centers snapping balls through holes where Jason Kelsey, as good as he is, all he does is snap the ball four to five yards behind him, right? They got him snapping the ball 10 yards with holes this small, bigger holes, all in different angles. And I'm like, what the hell is this? But it's fun, I guess. But the skill position players are doing some crazy stuff. They can get hurt. All right. Ready for Gerard Johnson? Mm-hmm. Johnson joined now. Is it he, R-R-O-D? J-E-R-R-O-D. E-R-R-O-D. Yeah. yeah. Um, played college ball at Texas A&M. Um, he is the second in Aggies history in passing yards and third in total offense behind Johnny Football. And Kellen Mond. Um, Never really made it in the pros. Bounced around a little bit. Um, I don't think he ever played. He he made some practice squads and stuff. Um, eh, He he was on a practice squad with the Bears. But never, I don't think he has a game. Um, But listen to this, Brian. Tell me what you think. His last team, he was on the Cowboys for two days. um, And then I think his NFL dream kind of stopped. Gerard Johnson, however, joined the San Francisco 49ers under the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship in 2017 and had a similar position with the Indianapolis Colts in 2019. He was promoted to an offensive quality control coach with the Colts on February 17, 2020. Johnson then got a job with the Minnesota Vikings under Kevin O'Connell as the assistant quarterbacks coach. Johnson was hired as the quarterbacks coach for the Texans on February 12, 2023 by D'Amico Ryans, who Johnson previously worked with in San Francisco. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a dude that's had to grind. Right? And I know KOC. I like KOC. KOC speaks quarterback. Clearly what's happened with Stroud. Somebody speaks quarterback. Somebody speaks great quarterback. Um, Being in San Fran, I, I, Here's what I'll say. I think they made the safe hire in Quinn. 
think we kind of know who Quinn is. I think Quinn won't be a bad hire. I don't know how good he'll be, but I don't think it'll be bad. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to maybe not play it safe with all the other hires. I think because it's going to be Quinn's defense. So whoever you bring in is DC and everything. They're going to run what is a very good defensive system. I don't know that I need to see a dude we've seen elsewhere run this offense. I'm okay with trying something. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? They may not be thinking that they hit the safe hire. They may not be thinking the same way. I at all. want, I want whoever it is to be able to work hand in hand with him, and I, I don't want to see you just trying to just go grab people. And a lot of guys, I don't want someone to be coming here saying, "Oh yeah, I'm just trying to get me another job." I agree with that yeah. for sure. Now this guy's a. a Young guy without a ton of a track record, so maybe he wouldn't be. But they all—he also just got paid by Houston, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what else isn't going anywhere? ESPN Bet. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get a hundred bucks in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Be Mission Finley on a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. Fired up. Not going to waste time. Getting to the BetQL guest line. Talk to our guy, the Bruin, Mr. Logan Paulson. Logan, what up, man? Sorry for the back and forth with the time of today. Thank you for making it work. What up, yeah, no worries, man. I know you guys are busy people. You got busy people coming on the show, so i uh, just glad I could be on here with you. Uh, right, we know you're a busy person, too. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in Mobile. <laughs> how was, uh, obviously, we're going to talk Dan Quinn, but how was Mobile? What did you think of the guys Dude, you Mo- saw? Mo- Mobile's great, man. And then this year's class was uh, going down there and watching those guys was awesome. Like, just a super talented group. And then it's always fun, I think, when you go down and there's a couple guys that stick out to you that you weren't really on your radar prior. You know, I watched about about 90 guys before I went down there. So I felt pretty prepared, but still, despite that level of prep, there's always a couple guys that slip through the cracks and it's always great when someone kind of make a name for himself and say, Oh man, like this, this, this supposedly weak defensive line class has actually got some really strong pieces in it uh, that, you know, could be nice additions to the commanders, you know, when they're picking early in the second round. So, so very exciting. I saw sure. some of your, um, your, what's going on YouTube stuff, man. You're doing good. Um, no, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I, listen, we don't need to talk about number two at this point because I don't think any of the people going second overall were in Mobile. Um, yeah. But, you know, they've got those two picks, whatever it is, 34 and 40, I think. Um, yeah. What what positions do you like there? Are you still BPA all day? So I'm a big BPA guy, but I also think it's BPA like in the context of your vision for the team, you know, which Adam Peters is going to be a big part of. And in terms of like what areas that you kind of need, not need to fill, but areas that you feel like need to be strengthened. I always feel like you should, you should do a good job in free agency of kind of making sure you don't need to do anything drastic in the drafts. But, uh, you know, I'm a big believer, like if you want to get better on a line, like build through the draft, you know, and I think the great thing about this, this year's draft specifically is there's a lot of very, very talented tackle type body types guys that can do that at a high level and a lot of those guys were down at the senior bowl so that i think with one of those picks i would definitely be highlighting one of those spots and then obviously edge rushers another spot that i think would be interesting edge rusher and receiver and the great thing about this year's draft is 
I mean, there were probably, let's see, there was probably 20, close to 20 receivers down there this, this week. And I think all of them are starting caliber players in the NFL. Like they were, it was just such a deep dynamic group of receivers. So you could kind of, you know, throw a rock and get a receiver wherever you want. But I, I think the other thing I'd like to point out is that the edge group for this year's class, the senior bowl uh, came on very strong. And it went from a group where I was like, man, there's really not that many players that I think that I have draftable grades on to going through this process with the film, to watching them at practice and being like, yeah, I think there's some really good football players that could definitely help the commanders out um, in the, in the top of the second round there. Logan, is your mindset like you look for certain positions in the draft and certain positions in free agency or just whatever you can find anywhere? Yeah, so it's kind of it kind of goes on like how, what you feel about the strength of the free agent class. So, for example, I think this is a pretty strong free agent class in terms of defensive end. There are some big names out there, guys that have been very very productive. Uh, you know, Brian Burns for Carolina is a name that just pops to mind immediately. Sure. Uh, but there are guys like that, those kind of bigger guys that have been productive in the NFL. And when you've got enough, um, you know, um, uh, cap space, I think those decisions to kind of go get those guys are great. So. Um, and also, I think it's important to understand, like, the composition of the draft. You know, I just said very heavy receiver draft, heavier on the offensive line in terms of, um, you know, kind of top-end tackle talent. Guys are going to be starters for a long time. So if if I'm not going to prioritize that quite as heavily in free agency because those guys are more prevalent throughout the draft, you know. So, like, before going to, to Mobile, I thought, man, this is not a very strong edge rushing class so i want to make sure that i really get that addressed in free agency linebackers not a very strong group this year in the draft can we get that addressed in free agency so those are some of the decisions that i would kind of look to is just understanding the composition of the draft how that reflects the composition of free agency and where i can get the best value for my buck yeah i've i've believed that they are going to sign a veteran linebacker um just when when they hired peters i kind of thought that just if you look, San Fran is not one of these teams that discounts linebacker. the linebacker position. And then you get Dan Quinn. Like, I, I think they'll spend a little bit of money there. Also kind of as like a tone setter um, leader. You know what I mean? Like, you could, you could yeah. find that, especially as veterans kind of get released and have trouble getting later into those contract years. Um, but I, I, I want to switch gears. We're talking with our friend Logan yeah. Paulson. Of course, you can see him. Uh, commanders.com commanders YouTube page. He's got his own Instagram page at Logan underscore Paulson 82 P a U L S E N 82. Um, you have been an advocate of Dan Quinn getting this job for some time. I know on the podcast you do with Hoffman, you've talked about it um, on, on social, whatever. Tell us you, you played for Dan in Atlanta. What is Washington getting here? So I think, yeah, Dan is a guy that to me is just, he's the, he's a great person first and foremost. He's a guy that understands your value as a human being. He's a guy that understands how to maximize you on the football field. He's a guy that makes it fun to come to work. And I can't overstate how important that is. Like mm. when I was at Atlanta from a head coaching standpoint, that was probably the funnest spot I had coming to work. Obviously I had a great time with Kyle in San Francisco as well, but he just made it such a fun, competitive environment every day you're just like man i am so juiced to get out here on the practice field and you know like b mitch you know like it, there are times in the season where you don't feel like doing it and so being in a place an environment like that just leads to the best version of yourself he, he created this culture this like uh this player-led culture where guys would guys players would keep other players after practice to work on drills and i just thought like that's all from him that's all from his perspective that's all from his energy and so i think you know that's him as like a a leader of men. He just does such a good job with that. But I also think you're getting a guy who's an innovative football mind. And that's one of the things that I always appreciated about Dan is he's always trying 
to make himself better. He's always trying to get better. And I think you can just see that with his evolution from his time in Seattle to his time in Dallas, how the defense changed, how the structure changed, the point of emphasis along the defensive line, how those things changed. So I think you just see a guy who understands where football is going from an offensive standpoint and has changed and adjusted his defensive philosophy accordingly. So those are things I value in a head coach. I want guys that are great leaders of men, great motivators of men, find players and people who are passionate and draw them to the, to them and then are innovative from a football standpoint. I think Dan checks all those boxes. See, and that, That's the thing. Like, like we talk about the leadership aspect and, you know, I always felt coaches that can make you do stuff you don't want to do. Like you said, you go to practice, you don't want to be there, but your coach come in with the energy that makes you want to do it. Is that one of his main attributes that makes him, uh, will make him a great coach? I think that's his superpower, man. Like I, I you know, I've, I've had a couple conversations with him and he just had, his ability to relate to players is is just it's some it's some of the highest I've ever seen, man. He just understand and because he cares about you, he cares about who you are, you know. And it's not just me saying that. Like, um, you know, uh, Wright from Seattle was on Craig Hoffman's podcast yesterday, said the same thing. Michael Parsons said the same thing. There, and that's just that's everybody that plays for him. They feel that from him. They feel that love. They feel that energy. They feel that passion. And it and it makes you a better player makes you a better player because you're more geeked, you're more engaged, you want to be in the building longer. You're like, oh, let me watch another couple minutes of film because, like, I enjoy this process. I enjoy being here. And I think that, to me, is what makes him that, – that's what differentiates him from other coaches that I've been around is, like, he, is, he does that at the highest level. And, like, when I think about the coach I want to be, you know, at the high school level with my clients when I train, I think about the, the model that Dan Quinn set from an energy standpoint and an expectation uh, standpoint and a passion standpoint for that individual and how that just leads to the best version of that person and how my role as a coach can do that. And I learned that from him. So, um, so lots of like with Dan Quinn. Yep. Now, I would argue it, it doesn't look like he was the first choice. Now, that kind of doesn't matter. He's here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really buy into the you got to hire offense all the time. I think there's a lot of ways to get to the finish line. And if Dan Quinn's the right guy right now, cool. I do buy into they're probably taking a quarterback with the second overall pick. And I want the right guy to help that kid develop and prosper. Where does he go offensively? Who is the OC? What would you like to see? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think I'd like to see, you know, obviously I think it's important to look at connections and relationships. Like Dan Quinn knows Kyle Shanahan really well. Adam Peters knows, knows Kyle Shanahan really well. This mecca of coaching talent has come from San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. Like I'm going to lean on that resource pretty heavily. Like I don't think it's a coincidence that D'Amico Ryans goes down to Houston with Bobby Slowick, both Kyle Shanahan guys, defensive head coach, with a Kyle Shanahan offensive coordinator and has a lot of success there. I'm not saying it needs to be that guy, but I'm definitely going to lean on that resource very, very heavily, lean on Kyle's intuition and kind of say, like, of your staff, is there anybody you think is available? Any Of, of people that you've worked with, is there anybody you think is available? I'm going to lean on Dan Quinn's relationship. That's another thing I love about the hire is, you know, some of these other coaches we were talking about, Ben Johnson, McDonald, were younger coaches with not a very diverse coaching tree. Like, Dan has worked with a ton of different people, right? He's worked with – Pete Carroll, you know, who just had um, uh, Shane Day, not Shane Day, uh, who's the coach that just went to Chicago, the OC. Like, obviously, Waldron. there's a, there's a, yeah, Waldron, there's a proclivity for finding offensive talent there. He knows that tree. He's worked with the coaches in Atlanta. Obviously, like guys like Raheem Morris, who are under him, go to LA. He's got relationships there. So I think, like, that 
diversity of connection is just going to allow him to find the best possible candidates and just, yeah, trust the people that are other smart football minds that give you references. And I think that's where I would start with that offensive coaching hire. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, man. I think it is, uh, it, it, it's a really exciting opportunity. I would look at Kubiak, Greasy. Do you yeah. think you think Mike LaFleur would want to get a chance to run his own room and leave Sean? Yeah, well, you know, Mike LaFleur was running the offense in New York prior to that, right. you know, in, in Zach Wilson's first year. So he does have that opportunity. And I think, you know, um, I think that would be a great hire. I think he's a very smart guy, and hopefully he's matured from his time in New York and, and developed in terms of his relationship with players. And, again, I, I got to work with him when I was in San Francisco. He was the receiver coach. He's a he's a dynamic guy, fits with kind of Dan Quinn's vision of coaching in terms of energy and kind of commitment to the players. So I think that would be an excellent hire. But I think it's ultimately about, like, you know, those personal relationships on the staff. And if Dan and Adam and the ownership group feels like those guys can kind of have a consistent message all the way down to the players. Because, you know, everyone talks about obviously the GM's important, head coach is important. But in terms of developing the roster, these next coaching hires are going to be extremely critical. And I, so I do think, yeah, I think Mike, uh, Mike would be an excellent hire. Again, awesome guy. Um, just about whether, whether this is the right fit for him and whether this is the right fit with the relationships that, you know, Dan and the staff are looking, looking to cultivate with the players. Well, Logan, you know they need to have very analytically, analytically driven people who has a familiarity with Quinn. Is LP going to be out there? Yeah, to get what a job? about old Logan Paulson, dude? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I mean we'll see, dude. I you know I gotta you know I'm I'm, I'm gonna give Dan a call probably later today and say what's up and congratulations and we'll have a little chat. We'll see what happens, but you know I'm not you know I'm not trying to push that agenda right now. I'm just trying to say congrats to my guy and um you know maybe that's something that happens in the Don't next worry, couple we'll weeks. We'll push it for you. Yeah, we'll push the <laughs> hell out of it, dude. Um, I mean, dude, seriously, would you take a QC job? Um, with a guy like Dan. Yeah. And I think that's speak, you know, like I've always been reluctant to do that. You know, like I had an opportunity down in Miami a couple of years ago with, with Mike and with Frank, who are some of my best friends in the NFL, but, um, you know, being close to home, being that it's Dan Quinn again, just uh, hopefully that shows like the regard that I hold him in. And it's something I would definitely consider. Yeah. Now, listen, a lot of people listen to this program, but if I tweet out Logan Paulson tells us he would take a QC job on Dan Quinn's staff. People in Ashburn are going to see that. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do here. Do you want me to send that tweet? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I got to talk to Dan about it, but that's something I would definitely, definitely be. Uh, I'm definitely looking at it right now. I'm definitely looking at it. Firing so we'll up my happens. Twitter fingers right now, LP. <laughs> um, dude, thank you for the time, man. All right, really Logan, appreciate, appreciate it. you, brother. All right, thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right, man. Hire Logan Paulson as your <laughs> offensive quality control coach, sir. You want me to move from Anna? Yeah. There you go. There's a move. You know what's another move? Going to Rudy's Golf. I love my guys over at Rudy's Golf. It is a great time if you want to go hang with the fellas or you want to take your family or even a date night. They've got 74 driving ranges. They all are equipped with top tracer technology. You can play the games that are fun for maybe a date or the kids, or you can really lock in and work on your golf game. Check out your swing speed, your spin rates, all that stuff. They also have two putt-putt courses, 36 holes of putt-putt, They've got an awesome bar, awesome trap beer selection. B-Mitch is intimidating me. Uh, I love the mozzarella sticks. Check them out online, rudysgolf.com, or check them out on Instagram, at rudysgolf. Friday jam right here. Um, I don't know that I've been able to say this sentence in a while. Wizards have won two of their last three, B. 
Yeah, you haven't been able to say that in a while. <laughs> and they're playing tonight against the Heat. And caller number 10 right now, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 can win two tickets to the Wiz game Saturday, February 10th against the Sixers. As part of Black History Month presented by Stackwell Capital, the Wizards will be celebrating HBCU and D9 night. The first 10,000 fans in attendance will also receive a bobblehead of tennis star Francis Tiafo, a Maryland native and the second in our inaugural DMV bobblehead series. I, If anybody from Wizards PR is listening, I'd like a Tiafo bobblehead to go in our prison cell studio. Me too. Uh, you want two of them, or you just want one also for the studio? I want one, and then I'll, yeah. So so people are aware of the bobbleheads currently in our studio. We have. We don't uh, have one of me and you? We don't have one of you and I. We need we somebody ha- to make a special B. Mitch and Finley bobblehead. We need a bobblehead ear for JP. We have Screech. We have Pride Screech. Uh, we have Elena Deladon. We have a TJ Snowshi, which yep. is like TJ Oshi, but yep. uh, what do you call those? A gnome? Right, yeah, I know. We have all four. I guess there's five now, right? But we have the original four of the racing presidents. We have two of one of them. We have, yeah, it's true. But two we got two of George and, and, Tom. and Tom. What is that? Is that the what is the trophy joint? That's the Washington Mystics. Their trophy. Yep. Then what? we got the Garnet Hathaway. Yeah, we had to have Garnet. We, we have got C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams. Josiah Gray. Keybear Louis Ruiz. All right. We have a strong collection. We got old time lager. Do have old time lager. We got the the uh, Washington Commanders logo that the little kid drew for me. <laughs> Don't forget Bruce. We got Bruce Allen. Who's that over there? JP, right there. How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team? You know the culture. Everything was going good till you played that. <laughs> that we, is Mitch we Tischler have, got me that for Prince. my 40th birthday. We have Prince. We do yes. have Prince. Uh, what is this? I think we have another C.J. Abrams bobblehead, if anybody ever wants that. Um, no, we're not giving it away. We have this giant uh, Nats cherry blossom uniform cup that is filled with jelly. You forgot the <laughs> one place that you and I have spent a lot of time. You have students say that. We do. Starboard. Well represented. <laughs> Big go. old Starboard Hell sticker. Yeah. So, uh, dude, we don't have anything whiz, right? Or commanders, oddly. Um I guess Bruce and that the little kid's homemade W. But uh, <laughs> Wizards, we have Elena Deladon represented. Yeah. We, we'd like to get, I guess, a Wizards bobblehead, but I don't know who you'd, Bilal maybe? Or I legitimately want the Tiafo one. Yeah, I'll do that. So let's make that happen. Leville. Scotty's over there. Definitely Scotty's. Leville, I'm sure you're going to get right on that, right? Making sure we secure that. Landfill, we'll pay you pay you nicely. Like Appreciate we, that. And like we pay everybody else. Let's do everybody this. Everybody come on the show. We take care of them, don't we? Yeah. B just bought a bunch of Popeyes. That's Me true. and the Cluster Buster did that together. Oh, look at that. How about this? Maryland Governor Wes Moore joins us next. Big news for the Orioles, and I can't wait to hear Wes Moore's take on Dan Quinn. I have no idea what direction he's going to go. We'll all find out together. Good. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Not going to waste any time on a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. We have the governor of Maryland joining us now, Mr. Wes Moore. Gov! Gov, how you holding up, man? Oh, man. This this has been such a week of ups and downs, man. It's been it's been always it started off it started off tough with our Ravens loss. That was that was painful. But uh, but the news about the Orioles is just giving us life. So so it's uh it's been it's been it's been a good week. It's been All a right. good week. I 
listen, yeah. I'm an O's fan. B knows it. I, I pick and choose. I'm an O's fan, and I'm a Nats fan. Sue me. Um, <laughs> I grew up with the Orioles. I'm so excited, and I'm going to say some stuff that you can't say. I cannot wait to get the Angelos family the hell away <laughs> from the organization. Um, but tell me, tell me the good news here. Like, what is this? Are they going to spend some money on the team? Does this help? the partnership you've created to keep them in Baltimore and all of that. Um, 100%. Yeah. uh, Let us know your viewpoint. This is so, so, I mean, everything that we, that we've been negotiating and hope for, for the little of the past year where I said, you know, we're going to be good stewards, taxpayer dollars. We have to create winners on and off the field and we have to keep the Orioles here long-term. The, the, the beautiful thing is all of that, has come to fruition. The Orioles are here. They are locked in for decades. This is this is going to be Maryland's baseball team uh, for decades to come. And the beauty of uh, of what was done is that's regardless of who the ownership group was. No matter who the owners are, the thing that we knew is that these are the Baltimore Orioles. They will never be the Nashville Orioles. They will never be the Toledo Orioles. They're the Baltimore Orioles. And so it was important to make sure that we got that deal done, and we're really proud to have gotten it done. But the thing that I also just love is, you know, I love people who are focused on winning. And I think what we're seeing here uh, with, uh, with, this new, with this new leadership group, uh, and I think, again, whether you're talking about, you know, Baltimore native uh, David Rubenstein, whether you're talking about, you know, the Ironman, Cal Ripken, uh, Grand Hill, uh, Mayor Schmoke, um, this is a great leadership group who understands that, listen, you got to win. You need yeah. to be able to invest properly to keep the talent here, and you need to make sure that the winners are not just going to be on the field, but they're going to be off the field as well in terms of the businesses that are going to be supported and how you can revitalize downtown and downtown corridor. So, I mean, everything is completely falling into place in a beautiful way, and I am so excited. The pitchers and catches report in a couple of weeks, uh, opening day is, uh, is, uh, is around 50 days away, and we're, uh, and we're feeling really good about what this season's going to bring for the Orioles and what this is going to bring for, uh, for Baltimore and beyond. When you get a chance to relax, man. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, you got them in, what, a 30-year uh, lease? That's it. You came back. You got, now they're being sold to, to a group that wants to stay there. You added right. stuff to the uh, – Yeah, this group to, is no joke. This race. group I, is like the Josh Harris group. I know. And then he's all, no, you're also crazy. working on trying to get the commanders. There. When do you rest? Listen, listen, winners win, man. This is what we do. It's a hurry-up offense. It's a hurry-up offense. But we're excited because, I mean, the, the momentum that we're seeing around this stuff is real. And, and, I, and I want people to know that, you know, I, I, there's a, there is a value and a real value that sports does play to all this. And it's, it's, not just, it's not just economic, right? It's not just what, what having the commanders in Prince George's County or having, having the Orioles and the Ravens in Baltimore or what's happening right now with, uh, with, with Pimlico and horse racing. It's not just the economic value that is going to drive to the area. It's a psychological value that it brings to the area. When you have winning franchises, when you have winning cultures, winning begets winning. And so I think the things that we're going to continue to see is as we can continue to produce and having just real world-class organizations that are, that are located in our jurisdictions, it also spurns a whole bunch of development and a whole bunch of uh, just, you know, just, just growth that we're going to rely on and I think is going to be the hallmark of what we're trying to get done right now. Talking with Maryland Governor Wes Moore, um, obviously exciting stuff for the O's, especially considering how much young talent they have and they've got, yes. you know, ideally people that can will keep that young talent around. Also, I don't know if you saw this, uh, the Orioles announced a new partnership with Lido Pizza, which is incredibly exciting to me. Um, 
But winners, yeah, winners, winners man. But <laughs> let's. I want to. I want your opinion on Dan Quinn. But I do. We gotta ask, and I know how you feel about the Commanders. You root for them. The Ravens are home. Yep. All right. Yep. This kind of felt like the year. Do you, Do you wonder? Do you worry? A window maybe closing. Things maybe changing. For 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 the Ravens. For the Ravens, yeah. Absolutely not. And it'd be, and and here's why. I mean, we we have our our quarterback, uh, the leader of our team, is in his sixth year of 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 playing in the NFL. He just he's going to capture his second MVP in six years. Uh, you know, and this is this is when the whole debate about Lamar Jackson sign him, resign him. I thought it was such a ridiculous debate. I'm like I'm like, who are we kidding? To, to win to win the championship to to really be a legit NFL team. What's the thing that all of them have in common? Every single one of them have a, have a star quarterback. They've got someone under their belt, someone under center, who can help to lead them, right? And, and we had, we had Lamar, Lamar Jackson, who is not only young, but a proven winner, a proven MVP, and someone who's the most electrifying, electrifying player in the, in the NFL. And, and, he, and we were talking about, oh, you just let him go? I mean, who, who are you kidding? So we did the right thing by making sure that you sign Lamar Jackson. This is still a very young team. We pretend we have a person who is going to potentially be the offensive rookie of the year in Zay Flowers, uh, down a wide receiver. You have a great young core uh, on defense. You have Roquan Smith. You have Kyle Hamilton, who's still a young guy and who is literally, I think he's, he's this generation's Ed Reed. I mean, the guy flies around the field, and you literally have to put together offensive schemes that have to understand where is Kyle Hamilton on the field. So this is a great young team. Uh, with a great core that has a history of drafting well. So I, I don't think the window is closed on, on the Ravens at all. In fact, if anything, I think the Ravens have continued to put the ASD on notice that they're not going anywhere. Here's my – I don't want to upset you. You're a very powerful man. <laughs> Do you have any – Lamar's great. The Ravens are loaded. They draft well, all of the things you said. Yeah. Do you have any fear that this becomes like an MJ, Barkley, Ewing – you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you're just in a bad, you're in a bad era. Yeah, right? like you're in Mahomes the might era. be the dude. Yeah, and the same thing the folks had to deal with when it came to you know Tom Brady, right. you know before, where it's like, listen, you just happened to play in the Brady era. I know, and and listen, I mean, to 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 be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And the thing that the NFL has just not figured out how to do is how to beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and so until someone is able to knock them down. You have they are they are they are they're they're the ones right and so I do think that people have to take notice of that I do think that that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl again and Patrick Mahomes' name will be in the same category as the Brady's and all of them of the world um, I also do know though if I'm thinking about it, I'm looking at teams who has the potential of actually knocking these Chiefs off the top name the top team that comes to my mind is the Baltimore Ravens. Because I think our Ravens are really loaded. I think they are stacked. I think they're coached well. I think, I think the Ravens have all the ingredients. And, and also, here's the other thing. Even if you look at that last game, uh, there was only one team that could beat the Ravens, and that was the Ravens. And, and we made some crucial, crucial errors 
during that game. I think our, 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 our scheme was not the right scheme going in against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you had a couple just dumb mistakes like the taunting, like the, you know, the taunting call that happened against Zay Flowers, the fumble that everyone remembers on the one-yard line, um, not getting the pass interference call, but you threw the ball in a triple coverage. So there's a couple of dumb mistakes that if you take those away, the Ravens win that game. So I think the Ravens are right there. I think the Ravens will continue to be right there. But, JP, no, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, like, in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And you, we got to figure out a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it was. The game plan didn't seem very Raveny. They didn't run the ball much. And then Lamar wasn't very good. Like, I, I wouldn't expect yeah. those things to happen again. Um, yeah. Let's, let's zoom out a little bit. Um, obviously, Washington lived through it here, but – Baltimore loses Mike McDonald, that really impressive young D coordinator. You guys have lost coaches before. How big yeah. of a deal is that one? He's a, he's a big one. I mean, because I, I think he is – so first, I, I think he is a world-class talent. Uh, and I think he has the respect of the locker room. And, and to be honest, you know, this dude, he was going to be a head coach sooner rather than later. You know, I don't know how long, how long we're going to be blessed to keep Harbaugh, but he was a person who I know a lot of folks are like, listen, whenever Harbaugh decides to, to move on – we might be able to promote, to promote from, from within with him because he's, he's that talented. So, I mean, congratulations to him. Uh, but I think that Harbaugh also specializes in not just his players but in his coaches. It's, it's next man up. It's like once someone goes down, all right, next man up. And so I think we're going to be able to do the same thing and to be just fine. But, but don't get me wrong. I mean, McDonald is a real talent, and, yeah. uh, and he is going to be missed. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Getting back to what happened with Washington. They mm. they swung on Ben Johnson. I've heard a lot of different things. It didn't work out, period. Then yeah. they try for McDonald. He's already on his way to Seattle. They land with Dan Quinn. What do you make mm. of the commander's Dan Quinn hire? <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I have I have a lot of confidence in uh in 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 Adam Peters. Uh, and this and this new general manager, I think that was I think that was actually was a really good and a really smart pickup. Um, I think the new ownership group is committed to winning, and I think they are continuing to show ways on that. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm I'm uh, I'm not convinced on Dan Quinn. I think you know the the thing that we know is this is that the Commanders, uh, you know, allowed more points uh, than any other team in the NFL last season. And if you look at the opposite side, you know, the, the Cowboys, I, I think, had like the, the fifth fewest or the sixth fewest um, points. And so you've got to give Dan Quinn some credit on that, 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 uh, that they're at worst in schemes that were working on Dallas. And Dallas actually had a, had, a, had a decent defensive team, even though that last game, I don't know what in the world happened uh, against the Packers. Um, but if you, want to, if you want to bring someone in who understands that, I think that Quinn is a good option. I think there's a whole lot on the offensive side that still that still is a massive hole, and I think the offense for the Commanders last year was not a problem; it was a big problem. So you know, again, I have a lot of confidence in this ownership group and in in the, and in, uh, in the new GM. Um, I think Adam Peters is, is was a, was actually a very good pickup. I, I just think that um, you know Dan Quinn is uh, is an interesting choice, and uh, and we'll see how it plays out. I, yeah, well, I've I've said this to him. I I, I believe once you fall in love with uh, Peters, you got to go along what he decides. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I, it's... I agree. Like you, you're right. You don't you don't get you don't get a a a, a true world class GM and then second guess him at every choice. You know what I mean? Like you know, there's something there's something that they see 
in this that um that is that that they like and they believe in and then they and they believe Quinn can bring a ring. Um, you know, kind of like to that. <laughs> Quitting. Um, got a ring to it. Yeah, it, it does. It does. I think how he fills out the staff is going to be vitally important. Um, one hundred percent, especially on the offensive side. Gov, I did have especially to ask you. On the offensive side. I know how busy you are. If you need to run, I understand. But there was one no, more, good. one more question I wanted to ask you about. One more video I wanted to ask you about. Um, uh oh. Prior to Uh-oh. the Ravens kickoff. It looked like you were really enjoying tailgating with the with the guys, <laughs> with the people. And I, I here's all my question would be this: Are you the? I think you made history, is my guess. I am guessing you were the first ever sitting governor to shotgun a beer at a football game in in United States history. About that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> but you know, what's so funny is that like it wasn't it wasn't like an intentional thing. Like we were hanging out. And we were tailgating, and I started shocking the beer, and like we were just hanging out. And the next thing you know, I get to the stadium, and and the team is like, "Hey, Gov, you're trending." I'm like, For what? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do now? <laughs> what was? Uh... And then I saw the video. So, uh, so I but I tell you what, man, the, the energy, and that was really what was hard because I mean, the energy in that stadium, everybody was just so ready to watch the Ravens go to the Super Bowl, and and really felt like you know we were there to. We were there to witness history, so um, so we'll we'll have to we'll have to be back next year. But yeah, we had a uh, we had a, we had a good time. And then when I got back home, my wife was like, "What in the world were you doing?" <laughs> well, you know, I got I listened to a lot of stations. I was riding in the other day, and I heard you, and uh, that middle name Omar, Omari, that's Omari. Right. All right, there we go. And and Mick, Vic tried to call you Mario. <laughs> but I got You ran away from that uh, nickname thing. Why? why? <laughs> <laughs> no, you they, know. They're I trying to get his nickname. He would not. He would not divulge the nickname. Just call him the Gov. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No, but you know, because it because it is true. So my middle name, my middle, uh, I have two middle names: Watende and Omari. And and a lot of my family just call me Omari. Because uh, that's that's how that's how everybody knew me coming up, Omari. So I always say, whenever whenever I'm with somebody, or you hear someone say, "Hey, Omari," they like that's 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 old school. That's family who uh, who's who's saying that because that's how they knew me coming up. Gotcha. That was before the MVG. It was Omari. Got it. <laughs> that's uh. right. I'm rocking MVG now, though. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Um, I like that. So I I I want you to know that that I was down on the field pregame before that. Ravens Chiefs kickoff and it was electric in there. It really was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the yeah. ovation when Mark Andrews came out, when Lamar sure. came out, it, it was it was exciting. Um, it was it's tough the way that game went, but uh, for you specifically with the video, somebody broke the code there. Like if if the Govs hanging out and we're all enjoying ourselves, you don't take a video of it. You know what we do? We make them leave the cameras at the door. Yeah, man. Uh, so know that you have ours. If, if you're, if we're ever hanging out, there will be no videos, sir. I no, promise. Thank you. Because I agree. Videos or pictures? Was, my first question was, who violated the code, man? Somebody. What was so? Somebody violated. So Carter handles a lot of your press stuff. What did Carter say when he saw that video? <laughs> You know, Carter loved it. Carter loved it. Carter, <laughs> Carter's probably out there shotgunning with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so last thing. You are the governor of Maryland. Tonight, yes, we have 
the whole radio station, all of 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 are all getting together in Bethesda, in Maryland, uh, for a big old party night. Yeah. And the, I think we got like four or 500 listeners coming. Now, Gov, this event is sold out, all right? But if you mm. want to come, we'll figure it out. I want to formally <laughs> extend you an invite to 106.7 The Fan versus 980 tonight. Wait, but why, why, why is my invite just coming? Uh, that was B-Mitch was supposed to ask you last week. He must have forgotten. No, no, no. I would just tell you straight up. We never know where you're going to be. That's true. <laughs> you're a busy man. <laughs> you're welcome, though. Oh, man. All right. Look, you know what? I, I, might, I might have to hit y'all up offline and, uh, and, and get the details. Sure. That sure. sounds like fun. And Carter's welcome, too. Uh, thank you, Governor. We like always fun. appreciate Thanks. your time, dude. Thanks, Gov. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. Listen, this is a, this was a uh, this was a big week for the uh, for the day. Big moves uh, for the Commanders. Huge moves for the uh, for for the, for the Orioles. Uh, so this is an exciting time, man. We keep on winning. I know, man. They got Lido's. We got Lido's. <laughs> we got Lido's. <laughs> Thank you, Gov. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, right. man. Maryland Governor Wes Moore, right there. We appreciate his time. I mean, what a dynamic personality, man. Yeah, man. He's uh, he's real. Yeah. It, 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 it's what makes it fun. It's what makes it work is that it's just a real conversation. I had, dude, it's it's wild. At um, NBC4, they get, you know, because it's like a real news station. They get the, um, the schedules every day. I didn't know this, but the governor of Maryland, Virginia, and the, the mayor of D.C., Mayor Bowser, every day they provide their full schedule to the news stations in town, right? And I guess this is just standard. Can you mm-hmm. imagine if we had to provide our schedules to a news station? Not doing I, I, that. I don't even know my schedule. But hell, I don't know mine. You know, um, I, I'm impromptu as hell. Uh, Matt Glassman, one of the bosses at NBC4 the other day, is like, you know, I get Governor Moore's schedule every day, and it seems like he spends a lot of time with you and B-Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we're cool. Speaking of spending time with me and B-Mitch, keep doing it. One o'clock, phone line's open. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that sound. Oh, Lord. Um, it is a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. Like something that I can't see. <laughs> like, a, like a dying goat. Um, all right. I want to go through some stuff. We're going to go around the room. Everybody, Jeff, put your oily headphones on. Um, rate if this matters or not. We're going to start with the fact the commanders hired a defensive head coach. Jeffrey, scale of 1 to 10, does that matter? Not really. Appreciate that lengthy response, oh, Jeff. I'm, I'm trying to think what number. Four-hour program, buddy. I'm trying to think what number, bro. Okay, there we go. Uh, it's about a 7 average. It's a. It's okay. Cause we we have to see what the staff going to be. I'm I'm not going to, you know, put my full thought process on how the team is going to turn out just because we got a defensive and a, or offensive guy. Well, in our case, a defensive guy. Like I said, I'm wait. I'm waiting and seeing. I don't want to come back to you know eat my words later on. Okay, I don't get how that's a seven out of ten, but you you got your own scale, and I appreciate that, Jeff. Uh, Landini, they hired a defensive guy, scale of 1 to 10. How much does that matter? 10 being it's bad, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I think I would go, like, maybe 
a six. It's for me. It's kind of like I would I would have preferred an offensive guy. I think that some of the top coaches are um, offensive guys in the league. Some of the more highly regarded ones, but it's not like there are def- it, being a defensive coach kind of precludes you from success. There are successful defensive coaches, so this is what I would have preferred. But I'm I'm open to it. I, I what, did you give me a number there six six okay. B, where are you at? Uh, to be honest with you, since I know that they got Adam Peters and the ownership group is going to be behind the quarterback if they draft him, I look at it as relatively a non-factor. And I'm going to put it at, what did you get, from 1 to 10 or 0 to 10? You go to zero, 0. Whatever you think. Okay. Um. All right. B is at 0, says non-factor. I firmly believe... There's a number of ways to build winners in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There is no better way. The, the absolute best way is to have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning mm-hmm. or Joe mm-hmm. Montana or Steve Young. Brett Favre was quite good. Like The best way is to get a legitimate elite quarterback. That's also the rarest way. That's incredibly hard to find. That's incredibly hard to get. All right? There's also the way of building a really good roster and then having good players all over the field and coaching them well. The Niners way. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think the Packers have largely done that. I think the Steelers have largely done that. I think the Ravens have largely done that. Now, you you can argue that some of them have star quarterbacks. Some of them don't. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But you build an organization that is sustaining winning. I think that's what Washington's trying to do here. Yeah. Because it's an organizational thing. It's the, not it's, dependent. And, that, and that's the whole thing. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with you on this. You said the Steelers? Yeah. They have a defensive coach. Yeah. You said the Ravens? They have a defensive coach. We. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, you look at Buffalo right now? Defensive coach. But that, Buffalo's almost a perfect example why this specifically – I care a little bit more than it should have been offensive because I believe they're about to draft a kid at number two mm-hmm. to be the quarterback. But and I, I don't I don't care so much. People get caught up in verbiage and all these systems. These, these guys can handle that. I would like a coach to be locked in with this quarterback. And I know what you're going to say. But that's what I'm saying. The head coach is not going to be locked in with the quarterback. I get that. The offensive coordinator – will be locked in with the quarterback. And then also, probably the offensive coordinator will not work with him as much as the quarterback coach will. So he's three people removed as, as a head coach. We know our offensive head coach is going to have the same issue a defensive head coach has. He's going to be running the football team, doing the other stuff. Josh Allen wasn't bad because of Sean McDermott. Josh Allen was bad early on because his offensive coordinator was no good. And they made that change. Yeah. I'm just saying, normally, I don't – the offense-defense thing, it's about finding the right guy in the right situation, and every situation's different. There's a pot for every pan or whatever the phrase is, right? Mm-hmm. No, a top for every pan. What is it? A, a top for every pot? Landfill? A lid for every pot. I think you're making this one up. None uh, of us have ever heard I've this before. I've never heard this in my life. It's a thing. It's a, like a raisins lid. in a potato salad. 
No one on the <laughs> no white person puts raisins in potato salad. I refuse that, no, to believe that. That is that. not true. <laughs> it, it, you it, don't. <laughs> I do not. I think it's a lid for every pot. Yeah. Boom. A lid for every pot. That's my first time hearing that one, but I hope you have a lid. So some, you know what I'm realizing sometimes? I think that might be a British thing. And I guess I grew up, my father was from Scotland. Like I heard maybe some different things than other people. Yeah. I don't know. You did. Um, or the, or the voices in my head say different things. Who knows? We would have said top. We're not going to say lead. Um, I am I'm at 6 out of 10. I think it matters here because they're about to draft a rookie quarterback. All right. Uh, another one. We start with Jeffrey like we always do. Jeff, does it matter to you that he's coming from Dallas? All right, being honest, no. Because somebody people gotta get their jobs, their their chances anywhere, you know? They they didn't pick there. Maybe they was just hired there, you know, trying to just get a he was trying to get a second chance at a defensive position. So I'm I'm a I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let the Ashburn syndrome go. I'm gonna say no. It don't matter. Uh Landini. Uh it, it doesn't bother me that it's from the Cowboys specifically, like it, because they're, you know, the rivals, but it does kind of bother me that the defense kind of sucked at the end of the season. That bothers me. In the last game? Yeah. Okay. I mean, 14 of those points were pick sixes. Yeah. He didn't give I, up. I, he didn't I, give up 50. I'm far more concerned <laughs> that the only play everybody remembers from that Seahawks Super Bowl loss was when Russ threw the pick at the goal line. Uh-huh. They gave up 14 in the fourth quarter to let New England back in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want a Dan Quinn critical playoff loss, I'm not even bringing up the big one, the 28-3. to I'm bringing up that one. Mm-hmm. Um, As far as the Cowboys thing to me, I don't care. If anything, you should be happy because I think it makes the Cowboys worse. I, I think he's been a big part of the Cowboys' defensive success. Um. That's a non-starter to me. I, I get that people feel differently. I remember as the same a, people that feel differently is probably married to a cowboy fan, walking hand in hand into the stadium with a cowboy fan, best friends with a cowboy fan. What difference does it really make? I, I'm with you. I remember <laughs> as a kid when, frankly, I think the rivalry mattered a lot more, and when they hired Norv Turner, that that mattered, and they still hired Norv Turner. You know what I mean? Um, I remember people being kind of grumpy about that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he did bring try to bring a whole damn team with him too. Right. So some of the ones that we didn't want. All right. Um, in classic Jeff fashion, he's been leading us off on all these topics, and he left. Is he coming back? It, he might be going to pick up some food. Well, maybe we should also point something out. Uh, Jeff's allergic to shellfish, and he ate some shrimp. So we're also not sure how well he Let's seems be real. okay. Jeff is allergic to shellfish. I think Jeff don't know what he's allergic to. That, sh- that gumbo I brought in here had shrimp in it. He didn't stop eating it. Well, and I He said, oh, I didn't eat the shrimp. You think when you cook shrimp in some gumbo, it doesn't have the shrimp stuff all in it? Yeah, like the shrimp juice. Yeah. Um, we'll start with landfill. And I don't know how real of a discussion this is. I don't know what to make of this term. I think the term is overused. <sighs> We'll start here. Do you consider Dan Quinn a retread landfill? I mean, from the basic point of that he used to be a head coach and and then he got fired and now he's head coach again, yes. Um, 
I don't it doesn't bother me that much that they went that direction because I was looking at initially I was kind of upset that they didn't go out and try to find somebody new. But I went back and I looked at some of the more successful uh, coaches in the league for the last 20 years. And a lot of them were guys that were on their second or third head coaching job. You have like Andy Reid, um, Tom Coughlin, Bill Belichick, Tom Coughlin, Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll. A lot of guys. Now, there are a lot of guys that get a second job and stink also. That's true. Adam Gase shouldn't have gotten a first, let alone a second. Herm Edwards was terrible in his second. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, Ron Rivera wasn't very good in his second. We just got done with that. Yeah. I just think. But there were people that were good. So we can't lean all the way with the ones that. Tony Dungy, Mike not, Shanahan. And not lean towards the ones that are positive. Tony got John fired. John Tony got fired and then went to the. Tony got fired, had built a great team. John got a Super Bowl for Tony's team. Tony still went up to uh, Indianapolis and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I think. You could point out a million really good examples, and you can point out a whole lot of bad examples. And to me, it just shows it's all about the coach and Kubiak. the situation. Yeah. I mean, Gary Kubiak gets the, so they fired John Fox, who's another one of these guys that, oh, all he did was go to two Super Bowls with two different organizations. But you fire John Fox, Kubiak gets that job who's an offensive guy, this and that. Von Miller and that defense were out of their minds, and they won a Super Bowl. Does that make Gary Kubiak a better coach? He was probably the same guy he was in Houston, but he's got a ring. Yeah. You know what so I mean? So, in like, other words, instead of worried about the coach's staff that was the coach record that was prior, let's look at how, what kind of team we're going to have built for him. And that, that, that all falls in the hands of the one person that I think 90% of the people were happy about or higher. Adam Peters. You know who if was, he constructs the right team, that should help this team out, right? You know who was in Denver when they won that Super Bowl with Gary Kubiak? When? Adam Peters. Peters? He was their director of college scouting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Alert. Major news. I think it's some food somewhere close to the rooster here. That is interesting. The rooster is in the building, as is a gigantic bag of Popeyes. We will figure it all out. I do want to talk to Roos Dizzle, though. Don't go anywhere. <clears throat> Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. We're all getting fired up. But how about this, B. Mitch? Um, This seems important, man. The Big Ten and the SEC have announced the formation of a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors. NCAA is on his way out. Yo, yep. <laughs> if those two join up, you basically have 24 teams almost in it. How I many? 16? I mean, 20, almost 20 teams in the in the I, SEC. I, dude, I think both of them have at least 16 and are about to have 18. So you, you're on the 72 teams right there, major colleges. NCAA is on no, the way. No, you'd have less, call it 36 right 30, now. 36, yeah. But they expand it to 40. Yeah, and then you still have uh, what other uh, conference they will really look at. ACC? I think you pluck some from the ACC, some from the Big 12. But my thing is, the NCAA right now, or they are just harassing. They have tried. They tried for years to keep money out of those students' pockets. No, those employees' pockets. Because if you're making money for the school, you're an employee. And now they are harassing the hell out of them because they're getting money. <laughs> right. Let, that's not your job at that point. Once they start getting income, then somebody needs to be teaching them about taxes. That is not the NCAA's job. Right. 
And what are you going to do? Oh, you're getting too much money, so I don't want you to get that much. You were getting too much money because half of the people in the NCAA don't do a damn thing, but accept checks. All righty. It is now time for Ask B. Mitch Anything. Uh, oh, our guy Drew Cohen is on the line. What, what up, Drew? Drew? Ask B. whatever you want. Hey, guys. I'm looking forward to, to tonight, but I do have a, a question for B. Mitch. Um, you know, with this whole Dan Quinn thing, uh, I'm kind of okay with uh, with getting Dan Quinn. I mean, I'm willing to forgive him for being a Cowboy if he comes here and helps us win consistently and especially beat the Cowboys all the time. Um, but uh, but the question I have, we were talking about this little, is uh, is based on what you're hearing about him um, and the discussion we had that maybe Ron lost his edge um, a little. Do you think that Dan has the edge to that will do what it takes to be bring a championship to the town? And do you think he can motivate his guys? I think those are the two most important things for uh, for a head coach coming in, and I'm wondering what your perspective is on that. I think he, it takes more than just Dan's mindset to bring a championship. It's going to take everybody for that, and I think that you got people that want to win, and they're going to put forth their best effort. I give you that. But can he motivate his, his players? Yeah. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's motivated his players, and then I think ultimately when you start hearing the reputation that he has, he's a guy who gets guys to follow what he's trying to sell. I have no reason yeah, but, to, but to believe in it. How important do you think that is relative to, you know, all the other factors like offensive scheme and, and, and all the other pieces that have been, you know. I think motivating a player to do what you want him to do and sometimes things they don't want to do is probably more important than having a great scheme because if your players aren't motivated, your scheme is supposedly as good as they, you said it is, won't look good because they're not motivated to go out and do what you want them to do anyway. I'd say Perfect. just I'd to add, good. Drew, uh-huh. Brian's saying this on air, and B always says what he actually feels, but I've had a million conversations with a lot of different players, active and retired, that say the leader of men category is by far the most important. Yeah. I was and, saying, so that leader of men being a motivated type, motivating type person is way better than scheme. You know who the scheme helps out? The coach. You know who the motivating help out? The whole damn team, the whole organization. The coach that's trying to get a job talk about how great his scheme is. The coach that has the job and does well, you could point right to his motivation of his players. Thank you, Drew. I look forward to hanging out tonight, buddy. Okay, me too. All right, see you, man. Uh, let's switch it up. Go to Forrest in Ashburn. Forrest. What up, Forrest? Brothers, how you doing? What Always up, good to talk to B. Mitch and Finlay. Hey, Thank listen, you, uh, this question is for B. Uh, B, I've been watching uh, recently a lot of uh, punt returners bringing back balls that look like from when I played football back in the earth was flat. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. once you put your foot on the 10, it was too deep unless you just had a wide open field. How do you feel about that? Have you noticed anything about that? How guys, Dude, Forrest, I text him about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's they, a great question. Uh, they have moved that back to the eight-yard line for some reason. But they're, dudes are okay. fielding them at but, the five. But they're the telling four. guys at the yes. eight. But but the now this is what this is one thing I don't think many fans would understand. They tell the player you have to be able to try to figure out what that hang time is compared to what so okay. if I let's say if I line up on I am lined up on a fifteen yard line and I know you're you're averaging about forty five yards and I'm at forty five yards, but then you hit one about fifty five, so I'm gonna drop back to the five. 
And based off of my clock in my head, if that thing is not close to 4.95 seconds of hang time, I'm bringing it back because you've now outkicked your coverage, which gives me a quicker chance to come at him. And I think when you look at a lot of punters today, Tress Way is not like these guys. Tress can get hang time and distance. Most punters today, they kick a longer ball, but it has less hang time. Here's my thing. Like, as far as a dude fair catching inside the six, I would say. Because you see it so many times when that ball back. I recognize how good the spin is these dudes are putting on it, how a lot of times that thing jumps straight in the air. The Lions punter legit might have been the perfect punt. That thing bounced at the two straight up. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude still fell into the end zone for the touchback when he was fielding it. Yeah, I would never fair catch inside of that but zone. See, the thing about it is they've changed some of the rules. Back when I was returning, if I'm faking a fair catch inside the 10, I get you looking up in the sky and I can decapitate you. You can't, you can't block him. You can't block him anymore. So now the returner has to – not only is the returner looking at the punt, he's trying to estimate the hang time. He also has to see if anybody is in the area. So if he sees a guy coming behind him, he wants to sit more on it. I think you sit on it to the last second, then you move. And what I would do, like you notice guys are getting right up on the returners. I would move yeah. right into him. Yeah. Thank I, you, Forrest. Great question, yeah, so man. I just think that I Thank think there's a lot more stuff going into it. But the, the coaches now are telling them, estimate the hang time. And let's be real. They're not returning kicks anymore, right? So they're taking chances now. That's <laughs> true. Sure, trying to keep <laughs> they're jobs. They're taking chances. Thanks, yeah. Forrest. Good question, man. Um, where you want to go, Jeff? Did anybody impress you during the call screening process? You wrote everybody's name down, and looks like you spelled every city right. <laughs> yeah, take David in Charlottesville as you knock over your Mountain Dew bottle. Okay, <laughs> David <That's> Gingerell. <laughs> David, what up, man? Ask me anything. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Dave? Hey, first and foremost, I want to say, man, for the first time in, in 25 years, there's a pecking order in the house. Yeah. And and, and I and I believe that Dan Quinn, being the leader of men, is going to surround himself with the all-star team and, and with all-star coaching team. And, and this team's going to do something in the next couple of years. Two, maybe three at worst. But my, my question for B. Mitch is, B. Mitch, man, when you go, when you go, when you get to Canton like you're supposed to, like you should, are you really going to get your crew? To, are you really going to get your crew together and ride a bike? That's the plan. Hold on, you gonna All ride right. a bike to Ohio? Bike ride to Ohio. Let me be clear. Yeah. I will meet you there. The JP, you have more than twenty miles. You're supposed to ride. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's further, so that, further hey, evidence that, that, that I will is meet the you plan there. right there. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thanks, yeah, Dave. I think it's like it's hey. already a ride from Pittsburgh to DC. And I think from here to Hawaii, about the same distance. I think Minnesota. it's like a six-hour drive in a car. Give me the mileage. All right, I'll look it up right now. We, we, we got to leave a certain uh, early enough time, though, Jay. Yeah, I mean, you probably got to leave a couple days. Nah, maybe, yeah, yeah, two or three. I mean, don't you oh. need to take a break? It's 336 miles. Yeah, that's about the same distance to uh, what's called. Sure. However, you got to go up and over the Appalachian Mountains. Jay, it's going to happen. Okay. It's a six-hour drive. Cool. How long is that on a bicycle? It'll be more than six hours. <laughs> Take the over. We rode 110. To Gettysburg? No, we rode 105 in one day. To Gettysburg? It's, no, it's about six, seven hours. Where was the that? The Gettysburg was 108. That's 
two-day ride. Where was the 110 in one day? That was one in 105. Uh, we did, I'm trying to remember if that was Cambridge or what's the other little island on there? Here's what I know about the Eastern Shore of Maryland. It's flat. flat. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. different, man. Yeah, and that that uh, one that we did. Uh, you will have my full support. I did one down to, what's I the won't. little beach right there before you go across the Bay Bridge? To your left. Uh, yeah, Piney Point. Piney. Not Piney Point. What's it called? It's uh, Sandy Point. Sandy Point. That wasn't flat. And I rode that after a, a Saturday night of hell, <laughs> and it was a Memorial Day one. Well, B. And I'm telling you, I was sweating before I even got on the bike, though. Whatever that was, wasn't a mountain either. Yeah. And a lot of them. Oh, cool. Um, it ain't going to be a lot of people. I guarantee you that. You think Jimbo is still very quiet, or do you think Jimbo is, has snuck out of work and is able to use his outdoor voice? <laughs> Let's find out. Jimbo, what up? Hey, shout out to my caller from Charlottesville, Go Hoos. But, hey, how y'all doing today? I'm feeling much better. We're good, brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was hilarious yesterday, by the way, that um, while Kime was on the air, the news broke that Dan Quinn was coach. Oh, the irony. <laughs> but I do have a question, mainly this time for JP, but of course, BMIS can chime in too. Um, yes, you know, it's that big. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's a lot. Yeah, I know it's that. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I noticed that, like, on Twitter, you know, oftentimes, People come after JP and to a lesser extent B Mitch a lot for the coverage of the team, and I don't really understand it half the time. Like JP could say something as simple as uh, Dan Quinn, we don't know about him, and people will just come after him. Oh, you're too hard on the team, or oh, you're too soft on the team. I've seen both sides. So my question of uh, JP is like, how do you? Why do you think that is that people come after you, and how do you handle that like in your profession and just do your job? You know. Well, Jim, I'm gonna ask you something first. They don't come after sure. me on Twitter because I rarely go on Twitter. <laughs> but they come after me a lot. They say I hate on the team all the time. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've kind of gotten used to it, honestly, Jimbo. Um, I don't think I'm very, you know, polarizing or whatever, but some do. It's also just the nature of the app, man. It's just, it's a, I, listen, I got a new phone yesterday. The first app I downloaded is Twitter. So I, I think part of it is I'm highly active on it, and mm-hmm. I am comfortable interacting with people, and I'm comfortable engaging even with those that disagree with me. Um, you know, yeah, but were you listening to the show yesterday? People go after oh, me. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah I, that one dude was yelling at you. What I don't was know the dude's what that name? Was. I don't remember his name. He, I know he. I know he's bald headed like Jeff. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. I know he's bald headed like Jeff. <laughs> what was his name? Yo, because Heather I think texted one of Jeff's me. Friends. Bleep that guy. Hold on, I might be able to. Uh, hang on, um, dude. It, it just comes with the territory, honestly. And I try to laugh <laughs> most of it off. Um, but I, I'm good, man. I, I I appreciate you checking on me. But I hey, well, absolutely, that's the way to go. Good. I appreciate it. All right, thank you, Jimbo. Um, CJ in DC has been on hold the longest. What CJ. up, CJ? Hey, what's up, guy? What's up, man? I had I, hey. When you first up, talked, I, I thought to... you was our guy, CJ. I am. <laughs> you other guy. I thought I'm I'm, somebody guy. else I knew. Chris Johnson. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> nah, you my MGM homie. Uh, oh me, yeah. Uh, me, oh man. yeah. Yeah. Nah. So my my question my question is kind of twofold. Uh, first of all. I'm encouraged by the by the Dan Quinn hire. You know, the, the the longer we get into it, the, the thing that really encourages me the most 
is that it was an organizational hire. You know what I mean? And my thing is that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people, when they hear they're going in for an interview, they think they're going in like they're applying to CBS. It's just them and you, you, you and the general manager sitting there. It's mm-hmm. a team of folks that you have to sell on you. You know what I mean? And to see that they didn't just jump it with the national and the local media said they should be doing is encouraging to me. And I'm excited about it, and I hope that um, I'm hope that he, can, you know, he can put an effective staff together. But my question to you is, what's your opinion, you know, of the structure right now and the way they went about it? Do you, you, you? I think I heard you say you take your hat off to the patient that that you know that they put into it and the thought behind it, you know, uh, because yeah. in the past, you know, in the past, you know, everything was shotgun dash. Now that we got to coach the first day out or a player the first day out. You know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the way it is because I think everyone, we always say we want the general manager to run the whole thing. And I think that yeah. that, that is said thinking that the owner never has anything to say. <laughs> I asked the question, anybody's owner or boss, the real boss, never has anything to say? You may not see him, but he's still going to be talked about, told what's going on and sometimes may have input. But I think ultimately this group has hired a guy that they believe in. I think in the first move of trying to get your first head coach of your you you trying to do, they all wanted to sit there. And when they hired Myers and Spielman, they didn't say they were going to be just hired just to get the GM. They were going to help them along the way. All right? And I think by them having everybody discuss, because I don't think Peters wants to have a situation per se. He goes out and just get people, and the ownership don't have no clue of who they are. Yep. You want to make sure that you all see an eye to eye. And I would hope when Spillman and Myers were sitting there with, with uh, Harrison Group that they they hired a guy who has a similar mindset that they do. So having this chain of command, as I call it, that's from the military mindset, it's perfect because you want everybody to know what position you're in. Player, don't go talk to the general manager. Talk to your coach. More than likely, your, your, your uh, position coach, and then he'll talk to the head coach and move on up. And then you'll keep things in order that way. Phone lines open the rest of the hour. We're also previewing tonight's 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980. Night. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny 2. And this time, you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now. Because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether you're on Team Miss or Team Make, just head to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see if Gronk see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. If you're new to FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or present in Virginia. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who make the correct pick. Prize issue as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7 The Fan. It is a Scotty's Vodka Rebel Friday. Landville, do we know, does Bethesda Theater have Scotty's Vodka? I'm not sure. We, you're going to have to find out. You're going to have to report back. 
Scotty should be invited to hell. Yo, is Scotty invited? Scotty should be invited and bring some cases. Can we text Scotty? I got Scotty's number. You want me to ask him if he's coming? Yeah, Scotty. I thought you just said on. you didn't have anybody's number anymore. I might just have to. We'll, we'll see if it converts. I'm going to have to meet you in the parking lot with a red what, cup. What, to like fight him? <laughs> with a red cup. <laughs> um, I'm texting Scotty. I have him in my phone as Scotty. Uh, <laughs> are you coming to the event tonight? All right, there we go. Some salesperson is shuddering at me just texting him directly. Um. <laughs> I, I think I think we go, we could go to uh, Bar Jeep. What? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I we, like that bar. And Bar Jeep is good. BYO Cup. <laughs> you just got. I'll bring the ice. JP. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to take this call. I think it's a fair question. Jeff, line four, Suzanne or Susan? I think I forget. That's that's. How, I think that's our workout lady. Oh, maybe. I think. That'd my, be Susan. Am I right? Is it Susan or Suzanne? Susan. My question is why anybody thinks Dan Quinn is a major improvement over Ron Rivera. It's another retread. He didn't. He only got to the Super Bowl. The, the whole NFL is full of choke artists. You know, you've got him like Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, I don't understand why, why you would bother with another uh, coach that hasn't been a winning coach. At least get somebody who's won if you're going to get a retread. Otherwise, go with one of the fresh people. And as far as Ben Johnson goes, I don't blame him for asking for tons of money because people get fired in the middle of a season. That's actually really smart. If he didn't work out, why shouldn't he get a boatload of money? I mean, it should be an offensive mind. Defense wins games if you have a great offense. But that's been a constant problem with the commanders. Susan, I applaud your passion. I applaud your passion, Susan. But I think that if you say a winner, he has a winning record. I know it's not that great. But I don't think he's nowhere close to Ron Rivera. I think they may have similar records. But I think the two people individually at this stage of their lives are far different. Well, don't get me wrong. Second chances are, are fine. But he got a second chance, and the Cowboys didn't go anywhere. So, you know, yeah, why? Well, the defense was he the, didn't throw two picks. The defense was the better side of that football team. Well, I that guarantee you that. Mean anything. It's, they lost. It's about you. This is not. So, in other words, not, listen, I, 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 I want to respect you, but let me ask you a question. So, in other words, right. you're saying 31 teams after this year are going to all be garbage and they should never get a job. Because no, they're all going to lose. Everybody's going to lose but one of them. Then I'm just saying pick somebody who has actually, if you're going to pick somebody that's already been a head coach that hasn't had a winning season, then pick somebody, you know, that has been winning as a coordinator. Even if but they he had, had a winning season and was in the Super Bowl. Can I, I said he lost the Super Bowl, can I, but he lost it. So you're not, you're not being – you're not being Susan. consistent in your your well, argument. Well, hold on, just let me interject. If, if you okay. want, if you only want to pick winning coordinators, all of these people that got plucked from Washington wouldn't have gotten plucked because they weren't winning. But people saw the upside. I, I you know how people we threw Susan, out. Susan, I got a bunch of callers. I, I know how many people I, we threw out, but I they all you. were losing when they got picked. And which, according to what you're saying, none of them should have got a job. But they didn't make the decisions. The head coach did. We had Sean, we had Kyle Shanahan. We had Sean McVay. And we they, were they were losing. They were losing here. 
Right, but the point is they weren't the ones making the actual decision. Yeah, but you say pick an offensive coordinator that's winning. They were not winning. Thank you, Susan. We got to so get some more people job. in here. Thank you for listening. I understand arguments, but I'm saying male or female. If you don't have support for your argument, don't bring it. Well, you got to be willing to listen to both sides. Yeah, I'll listen to both sides, but you can't tell me t- pick a guy from an offensive coordinator that's winning when everyone that was picked from this team were not winning. I also Listen, I'm not wild about the hire either. I just don't think you can eliminate everyone that's ever coached before. I think every situation is different. Every guy that was a coordinator on this team, and it's a lot of these coaches that they like to show were not winning when they were here. Kyle, and they all are now doing a good job. It has nothing per se to do about what your former record was. It has a lot to do with what type of damn team you have. Some of the – well, like Kyle won in Atlanta, then got the head coaching job. LaFleur went to Tennessee. They won so and got the So Kyle won in Atlanta, job. but you give Quinn no, no, no credit for that. No, I, I'm saying specific to the coordinators have to win thing. I know, but, but the ultimate thing, when Kyle got jobs leaving here, was he winning here? He, he only got another coordinator job leaving here. Okay, but I'm saying, was he winning here at all? They had the good year with Robert, but okay. no. Then he went there, and he had two harbor seasons, as you said. You keep you keep saying Cleveland wasn't good. they won only 10 games. You said they only won 10 games yeah. in the first two years. You have to sometimes have good players to win games, right? And I think so you can the look most, at talent. Like you can, you can believe in a coach beyond just the record. But what I'm just trying to say to Susan and anybody else, the most important man in this building now is Adam Peters, not Quinn. Not the offense coordinator, defense coordinator. It's I agree. Adam Peters. Agreed. Most important man. All right. Uh, we got two more calls we're going to knock out here. Jerome is in Oxon Hill. What up, Romy Rome? Rome, what's up, brother? Hey. Thanks for taking my call, Brian. Cool, man. And JP. Yeah, I took Look, it. I want to preface my question real quick uh, by saying I know you guys have a code uh, against self-promotion, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, Brian, and embarrass you, but on Monday's show, you guys had the privilege of having Coach Andy Reid as your guest. Yeah. And uh, during, that, during that conversation, just after the win of the Chiefs over the Ravens, Coach Reid made a rare break from the subject matter being discussed to express high praise and accolades about you, Brian, mm-hmm. as a player who could play almost any position effectively and at a high level. And I'm not trying to directly quote his words, but I think that's pretty close to what he said. In fact, he said he's the best returner ever and should be in the Hall of Fame. That's that's what he said. Well, this is what I'm getting at. That statement was indeed a headline news story worth some attention. And an endorsement of this magnitude is nothing, in my opinion, short of alerting Brian to start working on his assessment speech for Camden. So uh, the question is, do you see it that way, and uh, are you getting ready? I I don't even, to be honest with you, I rarely think about that. I hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. I get embarrassed because of it. Uh, I'm sure you do. If it were to happen, I I, I could guarantee you this, I'll be ready. It so will. Here's, an important, you will. here's an important Appreciate part you, of this, Jerome, is one, we posted the story on our website. Um, our guy Lou made a, a really good blog about it, um, so you can read about okay. it. Um, but number two, okay. B is not eligible until 2028. So as far as I when understand. we start the big push, don't you worry. Thank you for the call. Uh, we're going to end it with Landfill's favorite caller, our guy Charlie in College Park. What up, Chuck? Hey, guys. What up, Chuck? Can you hear, 
Can you hear me? We got you. Great to talk to you as always. Um, two quick questions, and the, the answer to the second one may be fairly obvious. Mitch, we were talking earlier in the show about what records you have. What records exactly do you hold in the NFL? Uh, I got a lot of them. I don't know which all of them are, but I got a lot Damn. of them. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you name some of them off the right top of your head? I got some awesome ones. I got some fair catches. Hold I got on. some I'm, total yards let and me, all that. Can I interject for Go you? Ahead. Charlie. Yeah. Google, dude. Just Google it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't do all that garbage, man. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. He doesn't know See, but I don't know them all, Charlie. I, I really don't think about all of it. Okay. The second question is, and like I said, the answer may be fairly obvious. You know, this, this, this process for the general manager and the head coach has been going on for weeks and weeks ad nauseum. It got me to thinking, if you smelled something burning, that was me thinking. Um, why would somebody come from a really successful organization and, and like championships and stuff like that, no matter what Susan said about Dan Quinn? I mean, he had a hell of a defense. Everybody knows that. Why does somebody want to come to Washington? Now, I understand salary. I understand you're impressed with the ownership group. Chuck, ask the question. We're running out of time, made. brother. What's your question? Why does somebody want to come to Washington? Oh, boy. Landfill, that was mean. Would somebody want to come to Washington? Why? I would say because there's only 32 jobs there. If you're a true coach, you always feel that you could be the next one to make everything happen and go in the right direction. Uh, and you have a number two pick, and you're on top of that. Three top 40 picks. 70-something million dollars in the salary cap. I I don't know a coach that would not think that they could come here and make it happen but Ben Johnson because he did not want to do it. He ran from it. I think I said it. I think it's – I don't think he ran from it. I think think he he ran from it. I think he he knew he wasn't going to get it, so he ran to get ahead of it. That I agree with. It's best to say I I don't want to do it instead of somebody saying you're not getting it. That's running from it. Either I don't think he was getting it, and that I we're agreeing. We we arrived mm-hmm. at the same conclusion. Um, what I'll never understand, and I'm I'm pro Charlie. Landville wants to hang up on him as soon as he calls in. Can you imagine calling in, waiting on hold, just to ask B. Mitch what records he holds? Just Google it. And then he said, "I don't do that garbage." Are you telling me Charlie doesn't have a computer and doesn't Google? Jeff, <laughs> you probably don't. Landville, what, I mean Jeff, what time are you getting down to? Uh, Everybody's got Bethesda. Google, dude. I may have you meet me Google somewhere, is Jeff. Free. We gonna go hang out with Larry Bird. I don't know what the hell B's got working. Now I got a friend named Larry Bird. His real name is Larry Bird. We gotta take a break. When we come back, we'll make some bets or do something. We gotta get out of here. A few things to take care of before the end of the Maybe. program here. This is how we end the week with the weekend. And we're, gonna, we're gonna have a long weekend coming up next week. Oh boy. Oh boy. Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. Powered by Scotty's Vodka. Check them out. Might be making moves into VA. Look for it. Um, I made a move. You guys made me walk around. So I walked around. I walked down to the rooster side of things. Found chocolate? Yeah. Rooster rooster loves chocolate. All I want to say is, Matt Essig, we often have food. We often invite everybody to help themselves to the food. And they're smuggling chocolates down there. Should we fight them? I'm good, Dad. Nah. What? Well, well, nah, man. That's the first time B's ever said no. Oh, listen, man. I don't fight a lot. I just when I fight, it's normally somebody that's highly pissed me off. When I get whenever you see me getting ready to get in a fight, that's a problem. So I highly piss you off every day. No, I don't want to fight you, Jeff. You, you're my little boy, my little oh, brother. Uh, all right. Listen all right. to me, dude. I have gotten to a point in my life where 
I don't really, Jay, he, this dude get on air and try to talk about how nice I am. Then y'all say I'm crazy as hell. No, I know I can get crazy. That's why I try not to fight nobody. What have we learned? Two things can be true at once. Uh, <laughs> quick story I love, dude. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Retiring? Promising young career. Had I love a terrible that. leg injury. Um he, he came all the way back, was a starter again. He's retiring from the NFL to go back to Miami and coach at his alma mater, Miami Northwestern. Miami Northwestern is one of the all-time public school powerhouse football yeah, programs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it'd be so cool if, if Teddy B could get that thing going again. I just I, love that story. I love that story, but I, I was the story I was talking about when he walked off the – Dan Quinn and he were walking out the tunnel. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Campbell hugging it on him. And you can see that that dude truly gives a damn about his players. That impressed me a lot. But I, I've thought about that coaching the alma mater thing. Some badass kids, man. Yeah. God. Um, and I just need to know. I'll have to get every parent to sign a release form. I can handle your kids how I handle my kids. If I can't, then they can't play on my football team. Because kids today will think that they're going to run you. They ain't running me. All right, um, tonight's the big event, the main event. We are excited to get over there. B, maybe going to see Billy and Chantilly. I am. Shout out to Billy and Chantilly. Hell yeah. Um, Everybody make one. Time to go electric. B's going electric. That's just what we need. (laughs) He's going vertical. Uh Um, Everybody make one prediction for tonight. I'll start. Landfill won't come. Jeff? That's not a prediction. (laughs) That's not a prediction there. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I bet you five hundred dollars in there. <laughs> I bet you five hundred dollars. I bet you five hundred dollars that he'll be there. Yeah, I mean, JP. No, I don't even know that Landville would come for the two hundred you just offered. Oh yes, he would. Landville, how much money would it take to get you there tonight? Two hundred and drinks. Nah, I mean, there's there's something else that you can get in Maryland that I would take. So we get you a bag of hey, weed. You don't have to go to Maryland for that. I think you do. I don't think you can get it in Virginia. It's legal in Maryland, though. So you're going to wait till you get to Maryland? Is it legal? No, to, no, I got a supply. Is it legal to <laughs> buy it in Maryland and then drive back to Virginia, though? I don't know. <laughs> Let's all not find out. Um, Jeff, what's your prediction for tonight? Landfill is not coming, bruh. That was my prediction. You can't steal it. It's not a prediction. This this is me saying the future. We'll see Landfill Monday in here. Mm-hmm. Dude, I may not see you guys. I may not see you guys till the following well, week. Well, you need to come tonight, Landfill, because JP won't be here until Friday next week. I may not be here then. How about oh, I go yes, flat? Oh, going to be here then. I'm going to send Why? my tire flyer. I'm not handing all that stuff from out there by myself because I'm not going to be fully. Uh... Who do you think sounds worse by the end of next week, Landfill, after you. a week of Vegas shows? You? Oh, you for sure, JP. I mean, you sound pretty bad on a normal day, <laughs> but the last time B-Mitch went to the Super Bowl, he did sound like he was dying. It was one day. Yo. And, then, <laughs> and then he took over the rest of the That's day. That's the worst I've ever heard you sound. That was one day? That's that, the worst I've ever heard anyone actually, sound. Yo, I was, got into Arizona that night about midnight. B was, was in the zone. And actually, it was only <laughs> about the first hour. <laughs> I got better after that hour. That one hour is worse than it all was of horrible. my bad hours combined. No, that's not true. Yes. JP. Landy? No, JP, hold on. Landfield? It was bad, bro. This dude sound, <laughs> he sounds bad on a regular day. That's true. <laughs> but that because my bar is so low that my bad can't be that bad. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that listened to the program. Bleep all of y'all. Thank you to John Kime for joining us. I was going to bring you a gift from Vegas. I'm not bringing you anything, Landfield.
Thank you to Logan Paulson. Give me one Paulson. of those giant drinks. <laughs> yeah, he said one of the tall drinks. I want, yeah, I want to get you a 10-gallon cowboy I'm going to buy hat. a cup yeah. and bring the cup. Yeah, get him a then cup. Then I'll make you a drink in that cup. All right. Thank you to Maryland Governor Wes Moore, who we may or may not see tonight. I hope we do. Yo, is Logan coming tonight? Is LP coming tonight? We should invite him. Logan no, we should. is not in town. He got back from Mobile. Well, we should invite him. He can give you a ride, Landfill. How about you text him? I will. Uh, I can't wait to see everybody tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Jeff will get there late and leave early. Rev T and Tony. You're going to leave early, JP. I won't get there late, though. All right. For once. Yo, two weeks I've been in the studio every day, and I wasn't late once this week. You were last week. He said this week. I'm in the studio every day, and I haven't been late. I'm I'm riding a hot streak, baby. I ain't coming back for another two weeks. Great and Danny (laughs) coming your way next. We will see you tonight at Bethesda Theater. If you made it this far, you're on B. Mitch's tab. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.